0: Oh, baby oh baby i'm excited
1: i am pumped i'm so ready for it Creep this is cast. a good this
0: is a good first episode to, to start with i'm glad you suggested this
1: yeah yeah like it's it's foundational to a ton of internet horror and also like it's it's just a cool story to analyze right like the because it, it's known for one specific thing but the story does a lot more than just that one specific thing as well
0: yeah, which here, we we can get into it. But, Wendy, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience what we're even starting with here.
1: Uh, absolutely. By starting with, do you mean the story or like this podcast?
0: <laughs> Either or. I mean, okay. I'm just excited
1: all around. I'm, so, I'm pumped. Everybody. I'm amped up. Welcome to Creepcast. Oh, I'm so excited for it. Me, me and my man here. Can I call you by your, like, real human name or Meat Canyon? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. All you right. can
0: call me by real name, Nathaniel.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no. yeah Yet,
1: hunter here hunter and i have been talking about this podcast for like over a year now and yes. it's it's been like in the back of my head constantly like as soon as i get settled we got to do this and now i'm settled and now we're doing this and i'm so oh i'm so ready i'm so excited. i am too
0: i am too it's given me a nice a nice way to just it's an excuse just to consume stuff that's like it's almost like listening to nice albums or something, right? Yeah. Like, consuming yeah. these horror stories, it's always like, oh, yeah, I heard that one's good, but you never really take time to do it. So this is just, like, my little excuse to always have time. Now I get to make time to do it. And that's and that, to me, is exciting. And today, it you know, this is a story that I've heard of, but I'd never, d- like, dived into. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy that I did. Very, yeah. very excited about today's first... First subject of our first episode.
1: The first episode of Creepcast. Ah! I'm so I'm so ready. It's so weird that it's tangible now, that it was something, mm. like, we've talked about forever, but now it's here. It's real. You can touch it. It feels good. I'm so excited. It's,
0: settle in, people, because it's today we're in. talking about an extremely scary, uh, old, like, not even old, but in terms of internet, I would say it's it's it, it's, it has some age on it now, almost a decade old now. Mm-hmm. In terms of internet, that's prehistoric, yeah. in a way.
1: It's actually over a decade. It's 2010, so it's been. It's 2010. Oh my! Years. My my yeah. sighting
0: yeah. here says 2015. The, I'm, the I'm first, way off.
1: The first part came out in 2010. The series. Oh, and I think it, it went into. Okay, and it compl- yeah,
0: yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Which, for people wondering, what are we, What are we? Ta- what, are they, what are they talking about today? What are we diving into? We're talking about the search and rescue series.
1: Yes, from R slash No Sleep, a classic, classic, film. a
0: classic. A that classic. has spawned
1: a lot of like modern internet horror, but some people don't even realize. Like, sure they they're probably familiar with the story, but they don't realize it created a ton of stuff that's really popular now.
0: Yeah, and I think that y- y- you can you can tell in how not only is it presented, but also it's like uh, it, it's it's almost like a. I don't want to say juvenile, but it's written in a way that feels like a Reddit post almost. Or it feels, like, very personal, which I think translates really well into, like, a lot of the narratives that happen with, like, even video formats of, like, found footage stuff or, like, even some, like, Mandela catalog type stuff, too. Mm. Like, it it, it has, like, that personality, those little characteristics that I love. And it's fun seeing it here before really this thing was, like, conceptualized before other things. Sure, you had your you Know some found footage stuff or some other kind of like at like little little aspects of horror, but this seeing it in text form like this and seeing the response even in the post is really fun. Like, I, I it, it's such a it, it was such an enjoyable find, so it's cool. And it's it's a series of stories broken up into seven parts, seven delicious parts, or mm-hmm. eight parts. It's
1: it's, no, it's eight it's, parts counting the it's eight the parts finale. And then uh, there's been some other stuff that the creator has done later on as, like, some final updates in the past few years. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll we'll get into all that when we get to it. But, yeah, the the main bulk of the story is eight parts.
0: Which, I guess, do you want to give a rundown of, like, what is the general synopsis of the story?
1: Absolutely. So, the original post was made to r slash no sleep, simply titled... I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell. And from there, it is exactly what the title describes. It is someone who has worked in national parks, describing some of the weird things that they've come across in those parks. As the series goes on, the person who is documenting these stories begins to speak to other Park Service Rangers about stories that they've had. And then that kind of compounds into a greater conspiracy happening at this park, and the story, like, naturally unfolds from that starting point. But basically, the eight parts of the series are a recounting of strange things that go bump in the night in the United States National Parks, which is a great format for, like, a horror story to this degree, because not only is there already so many, like, supernatural stories or conspiratorial stories around the National Park Service, but it's these, you know for the most part, undocumented gaps of forest in the United States that we're supposed to, like, have a good handle on, know what goes on out there. But there's still so many, like, in the real world, there's so many stories of people going missing, um, unexplainable disappearances and deaths and what have you. And the, the story, I'm a search and rescue officer, really capitalizes on a lot of that fear people seem to have around national parks and the Park Service as a whole.
0: To me, this is the number one manifesto of why you should never work in the U.S. Forest Service. (laughs) It's it's outread to me because as we'll see in this document, too, it's like not only is it coming from her perspective, but it's also coming from her like second storytelling of her being like, you know, oh, I asked uh, like a colleague of mine about stuff Mm -hmm. they've seen. Or like her like basically recounting of other people who also work in the Forest Service, which also makes this kind of. I wouldn't say even being working in a US forest service is it a mundane job but when I first saw it I was like yeah you think of like the stereotypical like almost like park ranger or something yeah. like that yeah. right but it it takes on like weird almost like government kind of conspiracy stuff or like things that are that are hidden and there's mm. a lot of like little fun entries that are that I think are just really fun that play into it being such a just kind of like a real Person reciting real events, which is fun, which is the stuff of her like seeing crazy monsters and being like, I probably shouldn't talk about this or I'd lose my job. And it's like, fuck the job, <laughs> <At that> point, <laughs> just like run away, run away, <laughs> go, go to safety. You know what I mean? There but there's it, a degree like the, it reaches yeah.
1: midway through where you're like, bro, just just quit. What are you, what are yeah, you doing the, here? Get yeah. the hell out of here.
0: Which. Which we were talking about this earlier, and it was funny because I was like, I was, I, I was kind of telling you about some of the parts that I thought were like really amusing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you were right; you are like, yeah, it starts off really plausible, and it gets like just nosedives dives in the SCP. <laughs> yeah, but it, at the it, same it, time, <laughs> that's fun. I really enjoy that. Oh yeah, it's it's fun because like the the way the story starts
1: is you're in this position of like, oh, this could really happen. There's a bunch of people I know who like just heard the part one and thinks that the stairs in the woods are, like, a real story. Like, it it, it, this started, like, as a completely non-fiction thing. Um, And that's kind of the tone it maintains in the beginning of, like, this could really happen. And then once you're lured into that setting, then it becomes, there's something going on here, stuff keeps happening, it's more frequent now. And like I said, like, I made the joke to you, it kind of gets into SCP Foundation territory there. But it really does almost hit the degree of, like... We're part of agents who are meant to keep secret. There's things that are covering up, and it makes me really excited to where the series might go in the future. But we'll we'll talk about that stuff when we get to the end of this. Um, Yeah,
0: I was going to say, if anything, let's start diving into the actual first part here, which, like we said, which, like we said, they're like almost it's like a collection of just like memories, but it's just like tiny, extremely condensed short stories of just retelling events which uh starts off with the berry picking children uh which is a, which is an interesting one to start with but then what what I like to which also before we get into this too is that there's some in the in the beginning at least where she'll tell some like very creepy weird stuff and then she'll kind of mix it in with some stuff like the guy who is hiding up in a tree because of a moose and yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. little funny moments where it's like haha yeah we always talk about that cuz that's a funny time which mm-hmm. the blending of like horror and like kind of comical like weird experiences you would have at your job give this a lot more authenticity which i think adds to what you were saying about like the staircase thing about people thinking that it's real that the staircases are actually out there um and i think that these little human moments really tie in all of these these things in just these little text blurbs. Yeah. And also
1: like, I don't know if I can't remember if this is said in the story or I've been in contact with the author for those watching. Um, Mm. and she's very cool. She's very nice, but, uh, I can't remember if it was in conversation with her or an interview I saw of her or if it's said in the story, but the character of this story is a man named Russell. He is the search and rescue officer that the the fictional character, the story is focused around. Mm -hmm. Um, so if, it's typically, if we say she, we're referring to the author. If we say he, we're yeah. referring to the character. Because yep. the, the author didn't suffer as, <laughs> as intensely no, 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 as no. Russell yeah. did, but Russell was yeah. having a hard go of it in the story. So
0: yes, very hard go of it, and there for a bit too after like researching about the, the author as well i almost just put her as the archetype in the story as well like i almost mm-hmm. not to say that i didn't to say that russell doesn't come up but i started just reading myself almost as if it's her personal entries
1: yeah or something
0: yeah. i i just it, it, if I, I got that level of immersion from it yeah so yeah if i so if i slip up that's the reason why
1: absolutely and also so we can go ahead and start in the beginning of it um so, yeah, as you mentioned, it begins with the berry-picking story, right? Again, this is just from the premise of a search-and-rescue officer describing some of the cases he's been on. And it starts with these two kids who are out berry-picking, and then one of them, uh, or both of them, go missing. They find one of the kids who says that their sibling was taken away by the, quote, bear man. Yeah. Which the sister all, who already coming out of the gate swinging. <laughs> like, first yeah. story.
0: That's how you know you're getting into some fun cryptid territory where it's... Uh, quote, animal, and it followed with man. It could be be any kind of animal. Giraffe man. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, immediately. It's very nice. And yeah, it is the sister who's found quickly. And yeah, I love that. That she's just, the rescuers find her, and she's just Yeah, he was taken by the bear man. (laughs) So creepy. Which, she describes it as being a tall, hairy type man with a weird face resembling a bear. Which... In my mind, I love these kind of things when it's a child saying it, because to me, I almost read that as like, because also to also uh, clarify too, she or the 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 author or the Russell never tells you which forest it is. He's just like, I'm going to lose my job. You know, I don't want to say where it's at. Mm -hmm. So to me, I thought Appalachian Mountains and I just assumed like inbred hills have eyes kind of. You know, wrong turn hillbilly. When I read the description or whenever she says the description of tall, hairy and weird face, I was like, <laughs> This is horrifying. And to especially call like an inbred redneck guy a bear man to me was frightening. Which I'm I'm sure it's an actual bear man, but for when I was reading it I was like, Oh god. Crazy I also- southern Like,
1: I was reading this, and the whole way through, I was thinking, like, Appalachia up until she described a moose. And I was like, oh. Sure. Okay. Yep. All right, fair. But yeah, I had the same thought. Like, Bear Man, that's clearly West Virginia. (laughs) No question.
0: Yeah. (laughs) like Kind of like West Virginia. And it's kind of cool. I think this is the one, too, where there's a couple search and rescue type beats in these stories. But they talk about, like, the grid system Mm -hmm. of, like, going out and trying to find people. And you, like, really, like... The, the the search and rescue people, it isn't like they're like, oh, OK, well, he's gone. It's like, no, she or the author really goes into describing like how extensive the search is. It puts a lot of like humanity into the character and then only to f- the, find no traces of the boy at all. And it's still just gone. No trace yeah. of them or an abduction. No struggle. It's just like simply disappeared, mm-hmm. which is extremely haunting way to to start it, but it also, in a weird way, too, these blurbs, which I don't know if the author meant to do this, but a lot of these blurbs tie in with, like, mm-hmm. the way that they present information, you're like, oh, shit, I wonder if, you know, did the kid go up the stairs later on? Like, yeah, they, yeah. like how do they leave? You know, these tie-in are really fun, but, the, the, you know, st- starting off with Bear Man, it's pretty solid.
1: What's also, like, cool about it, how you mentioned stuff ties in, there's stuff that you don't realize ties in until later on in it, um, like, for example, in this next section, in, in still the part one, right after uh, the author's done describing how the bear man, like that whole story, uh, it then moves in and starts talking about how sometimes they'll be out on search expeditions and the canines will try to get them to go up a straight up cliff. Like they'll be walking yeah. and it's like the dog doesn't process or the scent they're following doesn't register with the cliff face in front of them. Is related to the greater stuff going on. You're drip-fed information in a way that you don't really realize you are until the story starts to come together, and that's a really cool move from an author to pull off.
0: Yeah, or even just setting up the idea of like introducing uh, how they do search patterns. Because I know with the canines, the canines leading to cliffs kind of section of this first part, as uh, whenever the 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 dogs are like leading them to these like insanely steep and sheer cliffs. The, the entire thing that baffles the person is that it just defies every aspect of logic of, like, how somebody could have gotten there or how, you know, this person – like, how these bodies are so – like, the missing persons are found in just completely different locations, like, miles and miles and miles away, which leads into some just, like, fun thought experimenting of, like, you know, what – what exactly is going on and how these stories kind of tie into each other Mm -hmm. i think it does a really good job about like leading the the reader into being you know coming up with their own kind of conclusions or theories or something which i think especially for for like scp or like these horror like letting uh, letting a reader's imagination run wild and also try to come up with conclusions that are fun and not annoying is the most satisfying yeah. Thing. Yeah. Cuz whenever you if you ever are in a situation where you're reading something you're like, "Oh god, that's stupid." You know that you're <laughs> you're you're in the wrong, but whenever you're like being like, "Oh shit, I bet this is like I don't know, weird dimensional traveling things or something mm. without getting into like layers of like Sasquatch teleportation, you know that you're you know you're doing something pretty <laughs> Sasquatch fun. Sasquatch
1: teleportation. <laughs> yeah. And
0: the uh it, there's a I mean, the, the other one that comes to mind just in terms of part 1 Is also the section with the young woman in the tree where Mm. it's uh, the young, like a young woman climbs a tree to get a better view while hiking with her, uh, with I think mother and grandpa, and she like never comes down from the tree, (laughs) which
1: is that that's a kind of terrifying one too because it's like exactly because they they mention that they lose sight of her as she goes up into the branches, so they're like, oh, she's still up there, they just never see her again, just never see her again, doesn't come down.
0: Yeah. The whole time too, I was just thinking like, oh, something's gonna happen, and she's gonna like plummet down, and they're gonna see her die. But that's like nowhere near as horrifying as climbing up an extremely tall tree to get a better view and just n- simply never coming down. Yeah. And I know that whenever I was watching this too, I don't know why, but like when I or when I was reading this, I, I just started getting imagery in my head of like just like a really thick fogged forest kind of thing. Like I don't know if I don't know if your mind's eye kind of started like picturing the forest too but just thinking about this like almost hauntingly like deceptive labyrinth of a forest was yeah. uh yeah. just kind of kept what flood like kept flooding my mind and uh just the idea of climbing up because then I started you you start like picturing yourself climbing up it and to me when I was reading it I almost thought like that you you'd never see the top of the tree either so she's just mm-hmm. like continuously climbing. And climbing and climbing, being like, where the where the fuck the is story the, the, the story
1: like later touches on like dimensional shifts, like mm-hmm. what you're talking about, and it's it's more of you know what we were saying that you're given stuff that later turns out to be part of a bigger picture. So yeah, maybe this woman just kept climbing forever, right? There's no mm-hmm. clue. Uh, there's a couple other stuff in part one that I think is worth pointing out. One thing I really like that the story does is it doesn't just Hang on the supernatural elements A lot of the time Mm -hmm. Russell will give us stories About unrelated to supernatural events Like in part one Mm -hmm. He mentions the story of uh, There was one time That a nine year old girl Fell down an embankment and died And he talks about how Mm -hmm. awful that was Going and retrieving her body That's not supernatural It's just a tragedy that took place So stuff coming in like that Really helps to keep the story feeling valid As it continues in kind of the more subtle parts of it
0: very macabre very like uh it kind of it made me think of like other almost like japanese folk tales or something like that especially with the following of that you know they the the accident of the girl it leads the mother her mother to commit suicide after that incident and it's just like horribly bleak and tragic but that within itself is just like its own horror of Mm -hmm. like you're right it isn't leaning on the supernatural but in a way it does feel like some kind of like I don't know, just the dark, the dark force of uh, circumstances or th- like wh- what's the word I'm looking for? Like accidents, just like the dark force of like what like a tragic slip can cause and stuff yeah. and the kind of like horrors of that. So and I, I, I do think that also grounds it a bit more in reality, too, because I I can only imagine how many people which coincidentally after reading this, too, I have a friend who works in the like kind of a forestry or as a forester in uh up in the pacific northwest and they say that they find it's it's insane what people find like a lot of dead bodies from just like random hikers and stuff because especially like if somebody's going missing they usually don't send cops out into the woods they just wouldn't know how to you know travel they have to send foresters state park officials all that stuff but i mean the amount of stuff that you find out there including that or like just crazy shit like bags of like piss and feces which it's like dude you're out in the forest you could just piss and shit on the ground if you wanted to <laughs> but they're in bags and like weird sex cults and all kinds of weird stuff it happens out in this forest and I think that like just little instances like this ground it a bit more in reality to where mm-hmm. if you ever did look that up you're like oh god this like this this kind of stuff does happen, yeah. which I think just gives it a sense of authenticity that's fun. Yeah. And then you lead yourself into stuff like you know the faceless man, <laughs> yep. in part one two. <laughs> <laughs> And you're yeah. like, okay, well I hope that's not fucking real, my my lord. <laughs> which a climber during a solo trip encounters a man with no face wearing a, a, a parka and ski pants on a mountain, which I don't know why, but I kind of I giggled whenever I heard about the parka and the ski pants to I me. Mean, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a big, fluffy, it's like a Michelin Man outfit. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but he's disturbed by the encounter and he rushes down the mountain, resulting in a fall and a broken leg. While trapped, he hears the faceless man muffled screams throughout the night. The climber eventually is rescued, but is deeply traumatized by the experience, which... Uh, I, I always love. A lot of these stories end with like people that have escaped the forest, and it gives the forest like a uh, almost like a it's like its own entity. You know what I mean? So many yeah. people are like they escape and they'll probably never return, kind of thing. Very opposite of Ted the Caver. You know, these people are probably a little smarter than Ted is what I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, so, it's
1: it's like something else about the way the faceless man's described too. It's like he he's climbing up a cliff. And then he comes across someone with no face, obviously terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. Tries to get down the cliff, falls, breaks his leg, can't go any further. And then all night he hears the, quote, muffled screams. It's like this thing has a face behind its skin, and you can yeah. hear it trying to scream through it, and it kept trying to climb down to get to him.
0: Like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Climbing Man. down, yeah, that is that It's such a true statement, though. Like skin stretched over someone's face it almost makes him like it's like he's he's screaming in the night but it's like it's it it took on like a perception of like is he like suffocating is he just like in this forever hell torture you know and then but then the maliciousness of him trying to always find him find the man with the broken leg so freaky so freaky, I don't, which well, then I guess let me see. We have a couple more from part one. Of course, it ends with the staircase one, but I want to save that one for last, yeah. which is there. There's another sh- another search for a young woman who is separated from her hiking group and she's found under a log in a in a state of shock. She repeatedly mentions being followed by a big man with black eyes as rescuers near their base. She becomes uh, increasingly agitated, claiming the man is making faces and wants to take her. And the rescuers. The woman also references a scar on a, rescu- on a rescuer's neck uh, that she uh, shouldn't have known about. So weird, like uh, almost like just a weird paranormal, almost like telepathic thing, almost like fortune, or not fortune, but like mind reader or something. Yeah, a lot of weird yeah. mental stuff there. I don't she, know.
1: It's like the, the creature she's imagining was just like, oh, well, this woman's clearly insane until she says, uh, the thing says she, the monster says, he doesn't like the scar on the back of your neck, which was yeah. a covered up scar that the woman couldn't have seen. So it gives like validity to this. The scariest part, yeah. and this is something else I really like about like all eight parts of the story. The scariest part about this, uh, uh, insert to me is when Randall is describe or Russell, not Rand- Randall. Yeah. Russell. That's what I said. Russell. <laughs> <When Yeah. laughs> Russell is describing the noise that he's hearing. Cause he doesn't see anything while this woman's talking about, it. he just hears something. And the way it's worded is, he says, um, "We finally got her to keep moving, but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more rhythmic, rhythmic, and deeper. It was almost insect-like. Like
0: what? I love that. I love an that. An
1: insect coughing noise that was rhythmic an inse- and deeper. Yeah, an
0: insect coughing, which." Uh. I wonder I wonder if the parallel there was supposed to be with the black eyes to make you think that maybe it was like kind of oh! an insect kind of monster.
1: Oh, I, I didn't even you put that I mean? together. Yeah, black eyes, like, almost like a giant life.
0: grasshopper kind of thing. <laughs>
1: oh, bro. Because
0: it's funny that you—it's funny you said that too. Because when I read that too, I was like, oh fuck. Because I was perceiving it as like, oh, okay, we're getting into like alien territory. Almost is what I was thinking. Yeah. Man with big black eyes, sure. You know, all the tropes are there for that. Mm-hmm. But whenever I heard the rhythmic coughing, which while I was reading it, I don't know if you did too, but whenever I read this kind of stuff, I almost you almost try to like mimic the kind of cough to kind of like Like, what it would sound like yeah yeah and I was doing it until I heard insect and I was like what the fuck and I like kept and I'm like oh well no wonder I can't think of what it is because like an insect coughing oh no so I I sat there and I kept doing like these weird like grass like trying to do like a grasshopper cough or something (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't I couldn't think of what it it would sound like and I was gonna ask you what you thought that that what what an insect cough would sound like
1: (laughs) I would think uh, I guess. I, well, if you did it on the podcast, I guess I will too. It's probably like a... um.
0: <coughs> <I
1: can't, laughs> correctly, hold on. It's, it's like, burr, burr. I, I guess I don't know. To me, in my head, it sounds yeah. kind of like. <laughs> it, to me, in my head, it sounds like a cicada almost.
0: Like oh yeah, Just like, like the marker. little like guttural e- noises they make. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but there's like a million of them yeah yeah so it's like
1: this is the cicada man who's out here in the woods like following honestly a cicada like, man got, sounds you know, that's that's more haunting than the bear like, man i got i got emotions.
0: i, got, I that, have to it's admit, like that thing i of would the not want to black, see a cicada remember? man over the bear man no no not the. <laughs> yeah i wouldn't like that <laughs> no,
1: no I, w- I
0: wouldn't i wouldn't like that
1: <laughs> you know what i'm talking uh, about right in the movie men in black yeah yeah okay okay yes 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 yeah, that,
0: that's of what's course,
1: following the morale there. That's what
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I would like that still. <laughs> uh, last but certainly not least, to, to end the part one, is the staircase in the wilderness, which is this, I think this is pretty much, as, have we, as we've said before, this is like the quintessential reason that I think these mm-hmm. stories are so popular, is the staircase in the wilderness kind of... Um, I think that's kind of what grab people, which for yeah. good reason. I think that there's – it's like a perfect sandbox situation of you present an idea and you're able to like easily add on to it as are other people, which makes it super fun just to kind of like see that community grow. But essentially the SAR officers uh, frequently encounter unexplained staircases in remote forest areas. These staircases resemble typical house stairs but are found isolated in the wilderness. Officers are advised not to investigate or approach them or, or approach these staircases, which – This section was relatively small. Um, It was like they had just kind of seen some – or Russell had just kind of seen some staircases. But you can – the tone of it completely shifts when his superiors are like, yeah, don't even go near him. Don't even, like, look at him. Just, like, if you see one, just don't even go near it at all, which I – really really enjoy because it's it sets up perfectly the idea of like well you're definitely gonna have to explore it at one time yeah you know what yeah. i mean it's just planting that seed it's the it's the childish nature of a character being told well don't go do that and you're like well, what the fuck dude it's that's a nice staircase
1: it plays a so well yeah. i think one of the reasons it got so popular is like A lot of the horror mentioned in part one is... I mean, there's some subtle stuff, you know, but most of it's more over, right? It's like, there's a faceless man on top of the mountain or there's, like, the the cicada man or whatever, like, in the trees. Like, scary stuff, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's, it's horror. But when I first read that, like, little paragraph about, oh, every now and then when you're 34, 40 miles away from civilization, you'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods, it immediately... Gave me a chill because it's like I think a lot of people can almost remember what she's talking about here.
0: Like Oh, dude, yeah, I remember being the yes. kid
1: and like running around the woods of Appalachia. I remember coming across a door one time. There was just oh, a dude. door out in the middle of the woods, like no explanation, yeah. just standing there. Oh, yeah, like it. It, it's, it speaks to a memory, a dream you've had almost, uh, because outwardly there's nothing explicitly violent about it. It's just staircase middle of the woods uh and that combined with the fact that you will run if you're in the woods long enough you will run into staircases because there was either you know old trailers that were parked there that they left the stairs behind when they pulled the trailers out maybe there was an old like fire watch tower that they tore down but part of the stairs are still there Mm. it's like there's parts of it that are so familiar to people even though it's such an alien setting and i think that's the reason the stairs in the woods is what so many people took away from this part
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, just kind of what you're saying about finding the door in the woods. To me, it's like, even on like a cattle farm, like I used to, we used to live on this, uh, like 700 acre cattle farm. We, my mom rented a, uh, a house behind this guy, like the farmer's house or the cattle farmer's house. And even back there, some of his family used to like live back, way back in the pastures and stuff. So now there's just all of these like dilapidated homes even just like old homes that just you know people just don't live in anymore but mm-hmm. they're broken down there's holes in them and stuff and as a even as a kid to me my whole thing was every time i was there it you were saying that like these violent outcomes i always just thought about like why did they leave you know who broke in here and did this like you kind of yeah. think about the worst you don't see i don't think anybody ever thinks naturally of like oh people just don't live here anymore to yeah. me it always yeah. it's, it sets in motion like you know what happened here, and even going inside and seeing stuff and like seeing remnants of someone's past life is just something that is so uneasy. But that al- immediately led me to believe because when I saw th- when I heard the staircases the first time, which it, I, my perception changed as the as these entries went on. But the first time, I kind of pictured what you were saying, where mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a staircase, but there's like maybe other remnants of the house around them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is how I first perceived it. Which it's like it is just a standing staircase, but maybe there's like a door laying down by it. Maybe, maybe like bits of rubble or something, but still that would be odd that the staircase was there, but that's because of just these core memories. That's where my mind went. Yeah. But obviously as the stories go on, it becomes a lot. I mean, like the, I think that picture becomes a lot more clear.
1: Through. Well, one common thing too. And one of the reasons the stairs is a bit more like a bit more ominous than other stuff. Like where I'm from in Appalachia, like East Tennessee, Kentucky area. You'll be back in the mountains sometimes, and you'll just come across old chimneys. Because what would happen is, yeah. like, these old houses built in the 1800s, the chimney mm-hmm. would be made out of, like, stone, stone and, like, hard materials, but the rest of the house was, like, wood. So as the house deteriorates, everything else is destroyed, but the chimney's still standing. Mm-hmm. So when you see a chimney out in the woods, like, it sure, it could be creepy, it could be kind of weird, but your brain can also be like, okay, I get why it makes sense that the chimneys what remained intact because like, you know, you'll come across like cemeteries out in the woods. It makes sense why the headstones are still there. They're still right. But a staircase is just strange enough. Like, all right, frontiersmen did not have multi-storied houses. Uh, If, if for whatever reason, there was a two story house out here, that staircase would not be in pristine condition. It would not still be standing. It has just enough gaps in reasoning to make it so strange. It works from a horror perspective really well.
0: Exactly. It's just the unsettling nature of whenever you actually think about it and it doesn't make sense, that's whenever I think it really sets in. Because like you said, it's, it's like, yeah, it's mundane. It's just a staircase. But when you actually start to like give it a little more thought. It's almost like whenever you walk away, you're like, huh, you kind of shrug your shoulders. And then when you walk away, you're like, wait, what the fuck? And then you turn around. That's, that's what kind of horror this is to me. Of like, yeah. wait, what? And then you kind of turn around and that's when you witness it. But that, that, that kind of cap encapsulates the first part, missing story or missing people stories. We do get some kind of like weird monster stuff. Some very like, you know, standard, not standard, but you know, peep at, like general accidents happening. Mm-hmm. But, uh, everything i think is explored a little more in part two which between these what was the release schedule like did you look into that at all because i had august to december
1: so the first episode the first one came out march march of 2010 uh the second part came out on um i think i'm reading r slash (laughs) no sleeps i think i'm on reddit right i don't know how to operate reddit I see where it says created March of 2010. I think that's the subreddit. That is my bad. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I get. All right. First one. You were probably right <laughs> in the beginning when you were like, oh, it's nearly 10 years old.
0: Yeah. yeah I, okay. I, I could have swore it was 2015.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 2015. I'm just. Stupid. <laughs> OK.
0: All right. All right. I, I, I was like, holy shit. Did I totally fuck that oh, up? There, there's yeah,
1: some c- there's some like people who really love the story freaking out right now at me. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "No!" <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for, now that for, I from can what see... I read it was
0: August, it was from August 2015 and then the last part was December uh, 2015. Yes. But I didn't know and it's eight parts. I just, I just didn't know if it was like frequently like however many couple like cuz okay. essentially what is that? That's 4 months. So yeah. maybe now two that, entries per month. Now that I know month, what or... I'm
1: doing. Now that I know what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: the first three
1: <laughs> the first three parts came out in a span of 3 days. August twenty fifth to August twenty seventh of 2015. man, people
0: were eating good right there. They okay. were eating good, yeah.
1: And then part four was September of twenty fifteen, so like a week later. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess the, I guess the first few parts are very frequently. As we get to them, I'll check the times now that I know where to look. Uh, man, someone is yelling at me in the comments about it. <laughs> it
0: wasn't. It's our first episode. It's Come not on. 13
1: years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first about first. Piece of uh, information, Windigoon states, objectively wrong, incorrect, (laughs) so far off the mark.
0: (laughs) Drop the ball, dude. Drop the damn ball. Setting a precedent
1: early on, perfect.
0: It's fun though, because I like because I think the response to this too was pretty. I think people like were falling in love with it pretty quick from if if memory serves correctly. So to have the person kind of also respond because in the second part uh, the author of these also respond to what is it david paul Leeds is that how you pronounce it
1: uh david politis
0: politis oh yeah god paul Leeds jesus Christ. <laughs> david politis's work and there's similar similarities there and kind of just immediately responding to some of the comments which once again i kind of like how quick the author did that because once once again it does feel it feels like social media which yeah. that's what i think is fun it's like utilizing the internet and the social media to also uh, like be transparent with your audience and then provide more stories is just really fun. I like that. Cause I think some people could be like, you know, Oh, I'm going to just upload and not interact. Like I'm just going to, you know, it's, it's the art of it. But I think that the art of the storytelling here is the interaction with people and that trying to build that authenticity with them again. So yeah. I just, en- yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. They, they didn't just stick to this thing; they were interactive with the comments. And to be on the side around that time when these were, when these were being uploaded, must have been so fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Must have been man. so fun.
1: And David Palides, who um, Russell talks about in the beginning or the author, mm. but Russell talks about in the beginning, um, is the guy who coined the whole missing four one one thing. Which are you familiar with that at all?
0: I just briefly from researching this, but I honestly, I haven't really gotten too much into it. So, so missing four one one
1: is a bit of my, my, I, I wouldn't say my forte, but I am, I do dabble. Uh, uh one of okay. my only in-person videos I've ever done where I actually went on location for a video was about a missing four one one case. So missing four one one is a term started again by David politis. Uh, it, Basically is referring to people that go missing in the wilderness or more specifically national parks without much mm. of an explanation. Um, but missing, 411 is just the police code for information. So the phrase missing 411 just means missing information. So yeah, that's cool. What Russell's doing here at the beginning is explaining that David politis has already talked about a lot of the stuff Russell's going to get into kind of these inexplicable disappearances that happen in national parks
0: with david politis's work too does it does it tend to be because i know that it was missing stories from basically a wilderness or for like forest but mm-hmm. i didn't know does it go into like cryptid stuff too or no, is it just like no. so david okay politis so it's is, just
1: yeah missing 401 is real
0: missing person cases okay so um, this is just like based in actual reality yes. and shit.
1: david politis was basically a journalist who was looking into uh otherwise unreported disappearing cases that happened in national parks um part of i mean like people can check out his work for himself i don't mean to put words in his mouth but part of what politus was doing was kind of uncovering that the parks weren't advertising a lot of the dangers that exist in them um and most of his stories revolve around like completely inexplicable disappearances like the one that i made a video about in person was about this boy named dennis martin he was just near his parents like a few feet away and then they turned their back for a second and he's gone and they had like hundreds and hundreds of search crew covered the area for weeks and weeks and they That's never found insane. anything
0: like how, stories how like how haunting dude
1: yeah how haunting he, he was right I was, there yeah five years looking old. up
0: looking up some of these though too for my boy david Politus here he is a bigfoot guy
1: he is he's a huge bigfoot guy he is a bigfoot he's guy. a big
0: bigfoot guy <laughs> so i just want to yes. put that out there now, i, I, I want to clarify said that he i want
1: to clarify not that he never brings up cryptids but the disappearances he covers are real disappearances
0: okay yeah all right not, just, not I, to I say I he doesn't that too, introduce i know the comment section is yeah. going to be like oh that bigfoot son of a bitch yeah i know who david <laughs> politis is yeah, yeah whatever yeah, yeah. so yeah. i just want to put that out there that he, okay so yes they are missing real person but you know he likes to dabble yeah, Why not, well, I, mean, I like He'll to, to dabble. dribble the ball. That's
1: what I'm doing who right does now. It? I dabble. Yeah. Who does it? <laughs> the,
0: the, t- the turning around, which also, as I get older, which maybe some of, like, younger people who might be listening to this too, whenever you're a little older and the perception of losing a child becomes more and more real, that, like, haunting. Just absolutely haunting. To, especially to just to turn around and someone's gone. Inexplicable. Like, I don't even know how you would wrap your mind around that. Just the, even the logistics of that. What does that look like? You know? It's insane. It, but,
1: like I, I've heard some personal accounts and it's like, it, it's hard to, like you said, wrap your brain around like a person's there, you're perceiving them and then they hmm. don't exist seconds later. It's, it's weird. It's so strange.
0: You said, you said that you've had, you've talked with people about it. Like, just oh, no, no like, I've, like I've
1: listened to interviews, like oh, okay. and stuff like that with individuals. No, I, th- thankfully I don't know anyone that's happened to
0: personally. Um, yeah, I was going to be like, how how could you have possibly never told me this? That yeah. is just... Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention.
1: I was a part of a big missing persons case. <laughs> I was a part of a
0: alien abduction case I, back I then. Did, I did. I did
1: go looking for a dead body one time. But Dude, what
0: kid? How old were you? Were you nine, nine or ten? I was. No, no, no,
1: not like that. Like it was. Well a, stand by me. Action. Uh, no, it was an actual police investigation for a someone who was believed to be murdered. Um and when I was like I probably shouldn't talk about this, but I hey, it's too late now. Uh when I was like ten or eleven, my dad's like, Oh it'll be good for you, come on. <laughs> you jump <should come laughs> on this on this search through the woods. Uh and I remember being like ten years old and I was like, What what, what? What do I need to be on the lookout for? My dad was like, oh, you'll
0: probably smell him first. <laughs> you'll know when you see it. So, you'll know when you see it, son. How fucked up would that be, though? If, you, if, if young Wendigo was walking through the deal and he's like, Daddy, why is this woman with a red dress, why is she face down? And her limbs are all weird.
1: Yeah. He found
0: it! Like, yeah. th- I feel like that would fundamentally corrupt yeah. you
1: as a person. It, what's funny is, too, I didn't think anything of it when I was a kid. I'm like, I'm going to go look for someone yeah, who died. It was a family friend of ours, which is why we were
0: out there. Um, I can't wait to. Oh, the per- missing person was a friend of yours? Yeah, family friend. I didn't know him personally. Oh, it was my like
1: God. my dad's friend's kid. I mean, like, and, and they found him. They found him not alive. So that was Nice
0: not far from where yeah, we were searching yeah, yeah, actually that, that is so, nice that's yeah, nice yeah. that they found him dead so there was a ch- yeah. there was
1: like a chance that young Windagoon would have been like,
0: oh, would you look at that? It's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. I feel like the entire time you were looking through, I feel like, I, t- to me, I don't know why. I just, I picture you as the pouty kid who's like <laughs> just wanting to be home playing like Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3. <laughs>
1: at, at one point, I was thinking about going home to play video games. That's
0: I just want to go home and play this game. What, what's also
1: like, to give you more of a visual, I was a child and there was like a lot of brush in the woods, so I had a golf club. And I was swinging it, to cut down like the tree
0: branches. So you just, just end up mauling a dead body with a golf club. <laughs> this isn't tall brush. This is a this is a dead body. Dad, can I go home now?
1: <laughs> i was just That's the, the most arrogant, stupid kid
0: going like through
1: the woods guy. swinging a golf club like I wish I was playing Star Wars right now. Like
0: yeah families crying people are just like do you see anything and stuff and you're just like god I'm supposed to be playing Revenge of the Sith on PS2 right now god this sucks bro that's not far off like that's no of course it's not the thing about it too is everybody goes through that dude everybody does when you're a kid you go through that I, even, like, you a can't process, like, even, like, a funeral or something when you're young. Oh, oh too, you yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah.
1: Like, not caring about the gravity of what's happening. So it's happening. just like...
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Ch- Children have no business. <laughs> just gotta leave them at home. Lock them in a room. They'll be fine. Yeah, yeah they'll, be, so, they'll, so be, that, they'll be fine.
1: I wonder what would have happened to me if I found the body. Like, I wonder if that would have changed the course of anything I'm doing right now. I don't know,
0: because it's very interesting you say that, because to me... Because you didn't see it, I feel like now that I psychologically think that you have started these in-depth horror research videos because you are, you're trying to find that connection that you missed a long time ago. I feel like you might be a car salesman.
1: Wait a minute. Are you, are, I'm, wait, hold on. <laughs> Explain both of those things you just said. <laughs> are you saying that I'm making YouTube videos because I'm chasing the high I never caught of finding
0: a dead yes. body? Absolutely. Okay. And, and what yes. do you mean by car salesman? I think that I think that you would have gotten your fix. Like you would have been like you would have seen some things. So I think it would have corrupted you in some weird way to where you would Your life would have taken a more normal approach to maybe yeah, you would be like enter, enterprise cars, renting cars, and what? that would be what like a that? coffee. Hold
1: on, hold on. You're talking about like the high glories of being a car salesman. What do you mean? <laughs> like,
0: I think it's a pretty good gig. It's a market that's never going to die. Were... I just think that it's, it's a more traditional take. It's a more traditional take. Versus now, I feel like you're desperately trying to cling on to wanting to find a dead body. Which, oh, oh, God forbid, you you're... find one. Because I think if you did find one, once again, I think that you, you would take on a very, normal job i feel like you're saying if i
1: didn't if i did find the dead body i would be a car salesman right now
0: yes okay yes.
1: i see yeah for some because reason you would have gotten sense. your fix and that yeah, would have been
0: water cooler talk uh, forever you could I, talk I, about that yeah. forever
1: <laughs> i would have been just like a guy you're saying that me being a couple hundred feet feet over in the search party is the difference between Windagoon and an accountant
0: yes Literally, yes. (laughs)
1: Like, I would have found it and just been like,
0: and I'm done now.
1: I'm good. Exactly.
0: If if your golf club would have smacked into the side of a dead body, you would be at H&R Block right now. That would be be water cooler talk that you could use forever. Forever. But now, now you're chasing the high. And now, the the problem is now, too, you know too much. So, God forbid you find what you're looking for. I don't know what it is, but God forbid... Is what I say.
1: You see, you're evaluating my my entire channel, the career, even this podcast is all just a symptom of me not getting my birthright of finding a body <laughs> in the woods. Think,
0: to me, it feels like divine intervention. It feels like it, it. feels like you were you weren't supposed to find it because you. This was your quest. This was your goal. You know, to 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 have the the thirst, the want to find that.
1: Can, can we go back to the search and rescue officer I feel like yes'm I'm, I'm too introspective right now
0: it's it's, it's, it's fine it's okay. fine it's fine which I I, well, I want to say on um, part two it gets interesting we're gonna I'm just gonna dive right back into this because we went into the David thing we found out that you are definitely searching for a dead body it doesn't matter but and the, the second part of this is that we get to see the stairs again it's another entry of the stairs except this time it's different shapes sizes You know conditions more broken down different kinds of things because before it was just a standard house staircase but now in this one there's like other dilapidated ones other brand new brand new looking stairs and even some like resembling lighthouses which is kind of interesting but the storyteller or russell uh, avoids photographing or interacting with the stairs to, to not risk their job which as we said earlier i was just like i would take a picture I, d- I take a few pictures or two, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, of of the stairs you're saying?
0: Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Assuming it doesn't like. Melt who's gonna your brain believe you? you? Do it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Who's gonna believe you? Imagine going up to somebody at like a bar or like a Red Robin. You've had a long day working for the forest, right? Got to go to a Red Robin, get a nice gourmet burger. And you try telling somebody that you found a lighthouse staircase <laughs> in the middle of the woods, and you don't snap a pic. How? That's a How
1: good is that possible? That's fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the modern age, because the person writing this story is like, it's not like these are found you know, notes from the 80s. Like, this is someone actively uploading to the internet. So they have access exactly. to a camera.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Which, which, again, once it makes me want to say that, like, it was probably so much funner to be in a horror vacuum in, like, the 80s when it's just like technology wasn't there yet mm-hmm. cuz now a smartphone ruins everything it, it really does, does. It, it ruins does. it ruins just about everything you have to like work around mm-hmm. it and it's so boring but at the same time too you you have to have a, a you have to have a stakes in your story or in your story you have to have circumstances to your stakes i.e. well i can't take a photo because i'll lose my job but at the end of the day w- whenever you're finding goat people dying children I feel like the losing of my job wouldn't be that much of a factor. I feel like I, feel like I would snap the pic, dude. Yeah, it would the- probably be on Snapchat or something. I- if it's 2015, it'd be on Vine. I would take. I would, there would be a fucking vine of a staircase in, a, in by, the forest, okay? By the okay? end of the
1: story, it's like, uh, I don't want to lose my job. Anyway, so we lost 12 more hikers to the flesh. <laughs> like- <laughs>
0: I really oh, don't want to lose point. my job, but there are seventy-five missing people in the, wo- yeah, in the yeah. woods. Yeah, that, no, no, We have no idea either, <laughs> but we did just see a toothless goat running around, uh, yelling like a baby or whatever. Which we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, soon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's
1: continue into it. So t- yeah. they talk about the stairs. Clarify it. Stairs in the woods. All very familiar at this point.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of clarifications. They clarified the faceless man too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, they did.
0: Clarify. The climber encountering a man with no face on a peak, wearing park and ski mask, just kind of does like a little, you know, just clarifies that guy. And then they go into the story of the missing older man, Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about that one.
1: Yes, yeah. So uh, they mentioned that there was an old man who uh, goes missing out on a trail. Uh, The wife call says that he's a very experienced hiker, uh, but recently he has been taking seizure medication. Hasn't come home in a while, so he's missing the time he's supposed to take his prescription she's getting worried about him so the team goes out to look for him uh and they can't find him anywhere until one of the search crew tells everyone to come over and about 30 feet up in the trees just hanging on a tree limb is his walking stick just hanging in a limb uh not high too high for him to have thrown it up there Mm -hmm. the tree itself was too wide Uh, And too, you know, uh, dramatic Mm -hmm. of an angle for him to have climbed up there. But for whatever reason, there is his walking cane up in the tree and they never find another clue of him.
0: I love that. Yeah. Just a little touch. And what I like about that, too, is that it's once again calling back to the part one of the girl who climbed up the tree to never be seen again. So now it's Mm -hmm. just now we're getting multiple cases and it becomes something that you can't avoid. And it Mm -hmm. also makes you think, you know, you're talking about not taking pictures of these staircases. I mean, I'm like, we have these goddamn death trees all around us dude i'm freaking out <laughs> all right you're telling me we can't take pictures of staircases and there's staircases in the woods but god forbid you climb a tree i mean like my lord so i <laughs> I, I don't know but i do love these little tie-ins and a lot of these stories too it's i wouldn't say that it's all the same but, but i mean it is all like it is missing persons you mm. know so a lot of the stories are going to be and they never found them again which um whenever reciting it back and like, whenever it's like just little blurbs of us talking, it might sound kind of, uh, same but in the actual thick of it, whenever you're like reading this, um, like from beginning to end, it all just feels like a conceptualized, like, like Rolodex of, uh, thoughts and like memories of this person. So take that as you will, I guess I didn't know. I I didn't know. I didn't know if people are going to be like, Oh God, all of these are just them ending in, you know, and they were never found again. But that is kind of essentially what this is, is a park ranger talking about missing cases. Etc. And I mean, it's also,
1: like I said, indicative of a lot of real, like, missing four hundred one cases. Not the supernatural elements, but the idea of just like, yeah, they were never found again. Nothing came of it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, but sometimes they do, like, this next one I love, too, is the, the one about the missing five-year-old boy who mm. uh, he disappears during a family picnic and the, his siblings mention a quote big man with scary face leading him into the woods which is very fun and they find the boy's body 15 miles away in a place inaccessible to a child with no signs of injury or struggle which is it's like bordering on almost like i don't know like slender man levels of territories here you know what i mean like yep children yep. going into the woods, trying to find his mansion kind of thing. Yep. It, it, it to be 15 miles away. And just the, the, the Russell's description of just like, it makes no sense how this could have happened is the most haunting. Th- well, I guess the being 15 what, miles away, what's in my wild opinion, about Scott's it part.
1: too, is this is actually based off an actual missing 411 case, uh, that myself and Aiden Mattis covered in one of my videos, but <clears throat> there was a case of a boy. I think he was, he was three or four. Uh, who just disappeared from his family and they found him in a tree in the middle of the swamp like it, it was like 12 or 15 miles away a few days later um or no it was like 48 hours it was like super low amount of time um and survivor man tried to recreate the trip in the amount of time he couldn't it was like a very weird case uh, yes. Yeah, st- mm. Weird stuff like that happens. Not the details about the man with the scary face and whatnot. Sure. But again, sure. this is kind of baked into how, a sort of terrifying reality.
0: How do they, wh- what does the conclusion look like then too? You know what I mean? Like when, when people are reporting on that, is it just like, it's an accident or like, what did they come across? Like, how did they, if
1: I recall this story correctly, uh, this is the child that actually survived. I've covered so many missing four, one, I forget the exact details, if I remember right, that child lived, um, and he was like three or four when asked to recount it. The only thing he mentioned, uh, was that it was like a, he saw a cat or something like that. Uh, so that th- leads some people think maybe a mount lion carried him that far and then didn't eat him for some reason, carried him up a tree. Um, which would be weird, but there's like, mm. th- I, if I recall correctly, that kid lived and then told rescuers that he saw a cat uh, and there was no other explanation he could give. He was too young to understand God. what happened to him.
0: Stupid fucking kids, dude. <laughs> I wish a kid had a... That's all you saw? It was like a cat. It's like God. There there's God. a lot it... there's a lot of those
1: where like they find the dead days later in like impossible locations. Um mm-hmm. there, there's like one story I could, again, not to get sidetracked from this, but I remember one sure. case where like this dude who was like this expert hiker went missing and then his body got found at the bottom of a ravine after all the snow melted but there was this stage where like they found his backpack with like snacks laid out and like a Red Bull opened up 20 miles in the other direction from between where he went missing and where his body was found like the guy got lost had a meal left all his stuff behind just walked into the woods and died
0: like it's weird it's it's weird too because I wonder how much of like whenever people are studying this do they think like oh like I wonder how much of that they look into like I mean I don't like suicidal tendencies or something, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. is the person going? Was he struggling in his own life? Because that is almost what I think when I see that kind of stuff. Is they just like abandon his stuff? Like it's like almost like a wake up realization moment or something, and they left. Because any other event makes it feel so inexplicable. Sometimes I do think that is the case. This
1: specific one, if again assuming I'm not getting the details mixed up, he was hiking the Crazies, which is in like the Rocky Mountains. He was hiking the Crazies mm-hmm. with a couple of friends uh he went back to get oh i remember what it was he had they had these waypoints set up on the mountain and the mule that was carrying his gear bucked knocked it over the mountain so he goes back to a waypoint to resupply and they never see him again and then that's when they find him like you know when the spring comes um but it was just like he was out with his guys like hold on i'm going to head back and grab something and then just off yeah. the
0: face of the earth just tragically
1: yeah it, 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 it makes you ask a lot of questions which is again one of the reasons that i find the story so compelling because i find myself asking questions similar to what the, the well yeah especially the, about.
0: the the more that you actually research the realities of these situations the more creepy it becomes and also the, the the funner i think so even the more eccentric stuff like in this one which you know in part two we get a lot of stuff once again like there's the the guy who died in a tree well and it's just kind of another accident but one of just the horrors of like natural disasters and like human mis- human error i mm-hmm. guess and then we we get more staircase stuff and people being like for the love of god do not take a picture of those don't yeah. even go near yeah. them keep keep reciting <laughs> that but then my favorite part of part two definitely is the meowing man love yeah that's man. so creepy oh, might so be terrifying. might be the highlight of the whole thing for me if i'm being completely honest
1: yeah yeah would you like to explain it
0: yeah, which is uh, an older woman faints after hearing a man making a meow sound in a strange buzzy tone in the woods. The, narr- the narrator investigates but only hears the sound without finding its source. So essentially, a woman is, I mean, like, she sees the man, if I remember correctly. She even sees him, and the, it's just a man out in the woods meowing. And, and like, essentially, it's... It's, it's, it's them trying to find this meowing man and not being able to see him, but the person's like, I saw this guy. He was standing out in the middle of essentially nowhere meowing at me, which to me, that was the most invasive one. That, th- this, this was the one that was, because it touches on several things where it felt ethereal, but it also felt like the idea of just a man standing in the woods yeah. meowing at me is horrifying. Yep. It's so simple and <laughs> so effective, I mean even just like putting yourself in a situation of camping and like you're in your, your tent right mm-hmm. and like maybe it's like a light mist tapping on your your tent, and you just hear meow. <laughs> it's its it uh. sounds funny, but at the end of the day that w- i mean I would shit myself I would probably cry i would i would probably i would, would legitimately cry, especially the idea of like it's on different levels because one it could be an insane person which is mm-hmm. horrifying or it, another horrifying thing is the reality that someone is fucking with you, and they're like, they're trying to like, they're trying to like mess with your mind. They're trying to like scare you, and I hate that as well because it, it's like a weird game of chess. And it it it's ugh ugh God, meowing man ugh.
1: Uh, I like it too because like initially the person hears it and thinks it's a, um, it is an actual cat, and then they listen closer and they're like oh. That's someone trying to sound like a cat. Which, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. horrifying. <laughs> it, 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 especially,
0: especially them like the woman saying like, "Oh, that's when I realized that no, this is a guy doing a cat impression." Yeah, which is funny. It's funny. It's funny to think about like coming across that realization. You are like, "Oh God, is, there a, is that a house cat?" I hear meow. And you are like, "Okay, that's definitely that's definitely a guy doing." doing yeah, a cat. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which also makes it sound like. It's like, at first, it was kind of compelling, and then over time, he, like, kind of stopped trying to make it so Mm cat-like. It's like, meow, you know, at first, and at the end, he's just like, meow. (laughs) Doing doing a fucking, like, Markiplier meow. meow, Yeah, he's doing the Markiplier meow. Meow. Just Markiplier in the woods doing that. Markiplier. What if it was just a guy on his iPhone, he was lost, and he was watching Markiplier videos to make himself feel better? <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, uh, moving funny. into part three, we get uh, the – we. Th- this is whenever they talk about uh, – Russell's kind of talking about starts it off by confidentiality, can't talk about where the lo- work location is for security, job security reasons. He can't lose this job, dude can't clearly, lose it
1: clearly the most important thing happening the job this job is. pays $1. <laughs>
0: $1. 1.7 million dollars a year <laughs> it, it has to it's, bro. <laughs> it, it has to. which sadly i think i looked it up and it was like it was something like it's a very like there's so many jobs that probably make you get similar pay which i know it's probably too like well you get to work outside and stuff but i'm like bro with what you've seen it's there's, just not it's just not no worth it
1: benefits that is worth
0: <laughs> it's not worth it at all <laughs>
1: I don't care if they're paid <laughs> dental. I'm not having none of it. <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> but in part three, too, this is where Russell talks to one of his former superiors about the stairs, right? Mm-hmm. This is when he's, we get the staircase, but this is when he's talking to like a past co-worker or like manager or whatever, however the system for foresters work. But the, they, they like indulge more information into him, right?
1: Oh, yeah. That, I know what you're talking about. In the beginning, he says, however, on one of my... One of my former superiors no longer works as a SAR officer, and I'm going to talk to him about it, so I'll talk to him later this week. So it's basically saying that there will be more Stairs stories coming later in the series. Oh,
0: I see. Yeah. I see, I see. That's kind of a fun way, too, to, like... You can tell that that's definitely the author is just like, let me think. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, just yeah, give yeah. me a second. <laughs> so it's fun to be like, well, I'm going to speak with the other officers, so just get me. I'll let you know how that conversation goes.
1: Especially because this is the first time there's a gap between part three mm-hmm. and part four. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 sure. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about those.
0: <laughs> which in this one too, there's a lot of like child stuff. Like there's there's a couple different child ones, which there's the uh, there's the incidents with the young couple and their baby where you come across, or they come across and it's like the baby died from a, like a fall, which is just yeah. kind of a freak accident tragedy. Yeah, that one's But then there's sad. the personal experience that Russell has where it's, they say it's their scariest incident in their career involving a lost child, and it's bizarre because it was like a deafening sound and looped recording of a child crying. It was like the same yeah oh, that's so over and weird. over again. That's so, so weird,
1: weird. yeah. Because he describes it as like he's out there with another uh, search and rescue officer, and they hear what sounds like a train, like right next to them. So their immediate thought is, "Oh, it's an avalanche or something," right? Yeah. Um, So they start to freak out, and they're in each other's ears screaming, but neither one can hear the other. And then the sound just stops, and nothing's happened. Like, you're just, you're in the woods, you hear the rapture, and then nothing, nothing changed.
0: That was a definitive moment where this is, like, my walk away situation. (laughs) You know what I mean? And we're done. (laughs) That's like that's like that's like a personal because the thing about that that's that's like Russell's personal story. That's not hearsay. That's not them talking to a suspect or like you know somebody involved in a story. That's Russell's own experience. To where it's like after everything you've heard and that happens to you, how do you stay? How do you stay? That would be insane. (laughs) And it's weird because they they mix in some stuff where it's like yeah, and then. One of the entries too in part three is uh, so you have the deafening crying baby thing. They can't hear. It's like basically Jacob's Ladder. It kind of reminded me of like. It does, so like yeah, yeah. Out. That's that's pretty similar, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a weird Jacob's Ladder experience. Which, you, if you guys haven't seen that movie, it's a Tim. Uh, almost said Robinson. That's the guy from I Think You Should Leave.
1: What, what's, what's the actor's name? It's something Robinson, right? Is Church. it? Is it? I, I is think, it think it's buddy? Tim, Tim Re- Robbins. Tim
0: Robbins. Tim and I'm Rob. Sure. Whatever. It's, a, it's the guy from Shawshank Redemption. It doesn't matter. But the yeah, yeah. Uh, you should watch the movie. But then they they have those like horrifying things. They have all this child death, and then and then all of a sudden they throw in like, yeah, a guy was afraid of a moose. And I just thought it was cute. I thought, I'd <laughs> yeah, that is a
1: funny.
0: part. I, I, I remember reading that and being like, I I hate that you did this because at the same time too, it also. To me, what was fun about this narratively was that you're introducing a thing of like maybe the author is or maybe like Russell still isn't taking this seriously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they could, he, Russell understands the consequences and the weight of what's going on. But I don't think because that he's only had one thing happen to him. I think that he still hasn't really grasped how crazy this is, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Which... in that same story, to for, to further push what you were saying about the
1: loud noise, that's the one where they hear the cry. So, like, he's out there with his boy. That happens. And then they're, they're searching into the night because it's a young kid who went missing. And they mm. hear what sounds like a little girl crying. And they're getting closer to it. And then they eventually realize it is not the sound of a girl naturally crying. It is a loop. Like it's being played on the recording of a kid yeah, crying. It's like the same... Sniffle, it's a perfect yell, loop. breath. Yeah, it's it's mm. in a circle, like something mimicking a few seconds of a kid crying, and then they run yeah. out of there. So the train noise and the looped recording of a crying happen at the same time, and you're like, "All right, I'll I'll clock in tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see you then." Yeah, exactly. Damn, <laughs> man.
0: Well, are we still going to Long John Silver's after this? I just like <laughs> yeah. to think that Russell goes to nothing but like extremely popular, like uh, like yeah. commercial. All right, so we went to Red Robin last week, but I guess I'll meet you at uh, Long John Silver's <laughs> tonight. So I'll see you. Th- on, I'll clock in early tomorrow, man. We'll he see has
1: you. never been inside of a fine dining establishment. No, from- oh, absolutely yeah. not,
0: <laughs> absolutely not. Which in this story, still we get we get uh, other we get one more staircase one, but it's them actually this time. They break protocol and actually go and investigate the staircase. Yeah, and this, this, time is when friend, doing this is a so, friend
1: of Russell's who's doing this. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Or, yeah, sorry. This is uh, them t- telling them what was going on. Right. And right, he basically yeah. talks about, like, how, like, eerie it was, how silent it was. But then also, like, the overwhelming sense of, like as they say, like wrongdoing, like they felt like they were doing something wrong or being watched potentially. Like it's kind of like when you do something, you're like, this feels bad. Like I have a bad feeling. Um, But this is like, also you begin to, you begin to discover the potential links between his actions and the failure to find a missing person. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. He's so like the, the buddy describes, he goes to the stairs and he walks up them, which you're not supposed to do. And when he's, no. I really like this moment. When he's standing at the top of the stairs, he realizes all the noises have disappeared. Like the sound of the birds, sound of the leaves, stuff like that just quit. And it's completely silent. So he starts to make noises to himself and he can't hear. Like he can't hear yeah. anything up there. So he freaks out, runs down the stairs, leaves. And then when they get back to, because the reason he was out there in the first place is they were looking for a missing kid. They get back to, um, the ranger station, and one of the older rangers starts yelling at him and says, You went up them, didn't you? And mm-hmm. Russell's friend's like, what, what are you talking about? And the older guy says, I know you went up them because we didn't find the kid. They're, they're nowhere to be found. You went up them. Didn't mm-hmm. you? And that adds an interesting layer to it, right? Like, there's even if it doesn't happen to you, consequences will happen somewhere if you go with the stairs.
0: Yeah, almost like a weird butterfly effect. It's like yeah, a weird yeah. kind of thing of like it's repercussions of doing something. And also the text that they use or like the verbi- like the way that it's written too is that it's not inquisitively of like question mark. You went up them, didn't you? Did you go up them? It's them just point blank being like, You went up the stairs. Yeah. You yeah. went up them, didn't you? You did it. So it, and I think that like it also goes to show that like this isn't the first time that someone's done that. Like they have records of it, but mm-hmm. no one is just talking about it. It's so weird that the hierarchy of people aren't just like Yeah, if you go up them, X will happen. They're just, like, not giving any information, which, to me, starts to lead into, like, weird conspiracy stuff of, like, who is at the top of this that doesn't want anybody to talk about any of these things? Especially if you work for the place. It's that damn pay, dude.
1: There's a part (laughs) where... It's those. It's, they cover dental, man. What more do you want? i uh,
0: am Yeah, we do uh, dental and eyes. All right.
1: <laughs> oh man, where, where do I sign? up? Oh off? my
0: god, sign me up. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> There's this part. Uh, this part later in the story where one of the older guys is describing it and says, "Yeah, the park service used to make you like sign an NDA around it, but then they realize they don't have to because no one wants to talk about what's happening anyway," which like leads into like, "Gosh, what is?" What do some of these people know about that they're not willing to talk about?
0: Yeah, very Lovecraftian with that yeah. line, especially yeah. like very like uh, just the horrors of what you find, like of the unimaginable or the unseen which is really fun. It's like, which also, what a flex. Well, we don't need NDAs because people don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> people see. don't want to talk about the giant stair things. I was like, really? <laughs> even just the legality of that? You don't want one person to sign that? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> but the rest of the stories in this are it's the disabled boy who goes missing and they find his body kind of in a different location, too.
1: Yep. Yeah, they find him wrapped around uh, an ice figure of a man. Like he's he's dead in the gr- For one he's been missing 3 months, but he looks like he's been dead for 3 days in the snow. Yeah. And extremely then he's well preserved. Holding like a little ice sculpture of what looks like a person. That's just yeah. like, yep. That's that's it.
0: That's how they found him. Ain't yeah, the, the the ice sculpture I thought was interesting, and it's just the just justific- it's like the funny thing, and I know I keep saying this, it's just the idea that you hear these stories and you've had things that happen to you as well. And you're just like, yeah, and they they found the disabled boy, and uh, yep, he had an ice sculpture. So that was kind of a that was kind of a weird one. What's another? Let me let me look at my role of day. It's like how you have so many stories. Run for your life for the love of God! And the last one was the screaming figure. The encounter with the screaming figure guy uh, mm-hmm. describes a, a colleague encounter, a, a, a colleague's encounter with a screaming figure in the woods, initially thought to be a mountain lion. The figure takes an impossibly long step towards the colleague who then flees, which I <laughs> love that visual.
1: Impossibly long step. Yeah. In, an impossibly
0: long step. It made me think of like a senior payload cartoon or something
1: uh it's like exactly like a, too exactly, far, like yeah, a yeah.
0: cartoonishly like leg extending it just it, it gave me like uh especially when senior Palo when he did the uh medela catalog cartoon it mm-hmm. gave me that kind of vibe for, but also for people who haven't gr- like grown up near like rural or like farming land um a mountain lion sounds like a like a crying woman and then yeah. vice versa with like coyotes and foxes sound like crying children, mm-hmm. so it's uh it, 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 it to me this brought me back to a place when I grew up more on the, more on that cattle farm property and it, it just it actually scared the shit out of me because that crying sound is so indistinguishable. Like when you hear it, you're like, oh my god, they're really out tonight. But the idea that this that the figure who's making this like mountain lion coo like you know feral cat crying sound takes that impossibly long step it's just really fun it also mm-hmm. like it also plays into the idea of like how delirious are these people like is the is the forest doing something to them it kind of that's what kind of made me think too like is mm, the forest? that's a good
1: point i hadn't thought about before yeah
0: is the forest once again as i, I remember I, I brought this up a little earlier was like is the forest an entity that is playing games with its victims which i thought was kind of cool hmm. Just, like, a really weird way of, like, almost giving them, like, hallucinations and doing this stuff. Which, the reason I thought that, too, was that if the forest is, like, its own entity and doing this thing, that would explain people being, like, how did they travel so far? And it's probably, like, the people didn't think that they were traveling as far as they really were. And it's leading them uh, in straight lines just, like, miles and miles. And perception of time gets changed. But it's just, like, all because they're, like... Almost hypnotized, or they're like controlled by some something that the forest is putting out into the air, or something. Who like who knows?
1: I haven't thought about that, but maybe everything they're seeing isn't literal. Maybe part of it is the implication the woods is putting on them. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like everything that we've heard so far is all either hearsay, and also even looking
1: at this from different directions, different assumptions, ideas. Wow. I, I found
0: out not only did I find out your backstory, but I'm finding out. The, the 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 backstory of all these people as well. I am I'm I, I'm like it's like L A noir, especially you. I would have you know what I would have loved if, if we were in person, is I would have loved to see that you know you know L A noir the game.
1: Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah.
0: If I would have given you that question about the dead body to see your face to see like how it would have been the reaction, you know how you can tell if somebody's lying, <laughs> in that game where like they, like their face gets all scrunched up or weird. And it's like yeah, that definitely. I would have loved to see. Well, don't do you worry. do your videos because you're trying don't to see worry. a dead body? You're and you're like, no. No. Of, it. No. <laughs> yeah. of course I can't wait to see an edit Shut of Shut up. up. Stop gonna, asking Someone's going to make a rock star 3D model of your body and do that animation. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Maybe but you no, should I, check
1: I, with... Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> everything that we've seen so far, though, has been hearsay. And even Russell's experience was so, like, abstract. Like, it, 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 it's so, like it's so like a like ethereal in nature even Mm -hmm. just like the train sound they hear these things but they can't hear each other to me it seems like something like something is fucking with people's perception like it's fucking with the reality not saying that it's like maybe interdimensional travel but to me it feels like something is happening to the individual like the landscape isn't changing but the individual is under some kind of hypnosis is how i see it
1: That's an interesting point.
0: In the part four, which is all of. I'm pretty sure this one's all of KD's story. Or these are just different people's stories. It's a few different accounts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: he mentions that he went to a training weekend where there's a bunch of, like, other expert, you know, search and rescue people, stuff like that. And they each have their own weird stories of stuff's happened.
0: Which, this is a real. This is a real sea shanty kind of roundtable of yeah. horrible things to talk about. What we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 it feels like it. It feels like all of the stories, it's just like, yep, this happened. And they kind of like take a swig from their, you know, like the, the boat is just rocking. And they're just like, remember that, that climber's gruesome death? You remember that one? It's like, oh, yeah. It just feels like it feels like a story circle I don't want to be a part of that. But, I mean, KD stories are all like the tragic, like the family accident on the mountain. Which is the, that's the sn- snow, yeah. A family uh, snowshoeing goes off map, uh, causing a fatal accident. They fall 300 feet down a slope, resulting in the immediate death of the parents and one child. You know, real lighthearted, fun stuff. Yeah, Surviving children endure horrific ordeals. One freezes to death, seeking help. The other found injured. So only one person survives there. Horribly tragic. Horrible. Horrible.
1: Yeah, and again, it's, it's nothing explicitly supernatural. It's just, it's just no. a hor- horrifying story. Of what could
0: happen it's just once again giving reality giving real stories put in and then it just blindsides you that that becomes the fun thing is when you read something that's so mundane or normal you almost expect you start at least for me when i was reading which is this interesting i don't know if it happened to you is that even whenever they do these things where it's just like oh yeah it was a tragic accident almost every time i'm like mm, i don't know what what caused them to go over you know, I start yeah, to conspirit. Yeah. I start to conspiracize with myself of like, with all this bits of information, it almost feels like there could be no human error. Like it feels like there is something controlling every aspect of people's actions. Because we forest. know
1: so much, right, about like what's mm-hmm. going on in the woods that we know yeah. that there's some malicious force happening. So yeah, any of these otherwise inconspicuous stories could be something more.
0: I think my favorite one of Katie's stories was the climber who disemboweled, like the disemboweled uh, climber. But the, he was disemboweled by his own axe. And the team yeah. discovers the mutilated body under a cliff. Intestines all spilled out. The horrific scene deeply disturbs even an experienced uh, SAR officer. Which I was mm-hmm. like, really? <laughs> this is the thing that, you know.
1: Well, I th-
0: mean, this, this person with their intestines spilt out. No, no, it's like on, you've seen no, ev- all these other things. And it's like, well, I got to see his gutty works. It freaked me <laughs> well, out. I
1: mean, if, even if you're like on the job, you see a guy gored to death. How many My, dead bodies have I seen? D- 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 is what just I hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, the people on this job have seen some stuff, more so than like is expected for a normal workforce. If you saw someone gored to death, like intestines ripped out <laughs> by a pickaxe <laughs> on top of a mountain, you yeah. might be like,
0: hmm, that's kind of upsetting. <laughs> I'm I'm saying that it is upsetting. I'm just saying that they put a real emphasis on like he's like Oh, this one really got to me. And I'm like, <laughs> out of all the things I've heard, I've seen people take oh. cartoonishly long steps. Oh, oh, you're saying I've heard our people character you're saying yeah, Russell yeah, yeah.
1: shouldn't have any okay, all right. All I'm right.
0: saying that every office like every SAR or SAR like SAR officer in this story, so K D here okay, should not right. be affected because they've seen you're
1: talking about our scp foundation yes 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 Yes. the the
0: reader obviously can but i'm just saying when they take moments to be like katie's like yeah this one really messed me up i'm like oh really this is the one that got you (laughs) yeah she immediately
1: follows it up with like talking to the devil (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly even
0: the what's the next one the 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 young boy yeah with the fuzzy man whatever
1: yeah okay all right all right point made point
0: made. you win you win yeah so it's just weird it's like it's like oh that you know that that was that that one got to me it's like katie (laughs) shut the fuck up (laughs) shut up i've been in hell listening to these stories and now you're like well seriously the pickaxe that one got to me if i'm being honest that okay
1: all right all right you you win you win that one yeah the next one they talk that katie talks about is the fuzzy man Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: um boy goes missing uh, they find the boy months later still alive, right? Is that what it... Or no, no. They find...
0: Uh, the same boy reappears in good condition, but his brother disappears in mere seconds. Is the... Is the... is on. Let, the
1: let me look at it so I get this right. I think this is the one where one kid went missing. Then the parents go back to like honor the site their child went missing and then that kid also goes missing. Yes, it's this one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah cuz they're out berry picking and the whole thing was that the kid the kid goes missing, but the kid that was missing before comes back and he's in perfect condition, but That's the kid it, yeah. that they came there with is now lost or he does he, he disappears. And yeah, the and boy the, who the comes back recounts the fuzzy man uh mm-hmm. who is a blurry eyeless figure in the woods. Who cared for him and said he wasn't the right kid
1: yeah which is how terrifying it implies so that good. this fuzzy man that kept this kid alive for a while even remarks that whenever it got dark out that the fuzzy man made it brighter whatever that means so like this <laughs> fuzzy man i, I think he also know. mentions that
0: he doesn't have eyes at one
1: point yeah I no, he says right.
0: it, it, a blurry and eyeless eyeless yes yeah, And imagine this man, which the kid, once again, he's he's not freaking out. He's just like, he told me I wasn't the right kind. Which he doesn't say kid. He says the right kind. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. But it implies What does the fuzzy man sound like? Well, what's really creepy about it is they're like, Katie's like, oh, by fuzzy, do you mean hairless? Do you mean like Bigfoot? And he's like, no, he kind of looks like when you blur your eyes and everything Mm -hmm. looks fuzzy. He looked like that.
0: Yeah. But without weird. Eyes. Yeah. Almost like formless. Like he, it's like a, not like a, a, not like uh what is it? Like completely formed, like basically like static or something yeah. like a, yeah, a, a like, man made like of static made of, or something
1: made of the essence of blurry, whatever that means. Yeah. And then, and yeah, so he, it, he go, that kid comes back, but then his brother disappears, implying that his brother was the right kind. Cause they never see that kid again. Uh, yeah so, that's the th-
0: th- I think that's the that's the assumption, but you never know i mean that kid could come back as well I feel like uh i'm not gonna lie if i was a, if I was that kid i'd be- fu- that would, fuck me up that this weird static man didn't think I was the right kind
1: that that would be your problem with it
0: that that would well as a kid I would getting be
1: rejected from, by the static by man. getting
0: rejected by the eyeless man who can 't see me mind you he's just this is just him. <laughs> just kind of like he pokes my fat stomach and he's like, You are not the right k- kind. <laughs> and now my skinny ass cute brother gets missed. And I'm like, Okay, dude, fuck that guy. You know, like that just, that was like, I was like, Yeah, that's bullshit. I, that would fuck me up if I was a kid. Body dysmorphia, dude. For real. And then the last one with KD's too KD's story, uh it, basically, it's just like she gets lost or k, KD gets lost and, uh, which is weird because obviously an expert of the woods, and it's like a lost where it's like oh I don't know where I'm at. I think that it, it the way that they describe it is more like I had no idea where I was at like on Earth kind of thing. It's like totally disoriented like wh- I don't even know where I'm at in the world kind of thing. Like it doesn't even feel familiar whatsoever. But they he, Katie hears a croaky internal voice urging her to eat, leading to near self harm with a hunting knife. So. Basically, like almost cannibalizing herself. And she's found days later having travel having traveled dangerously far with no memory of elapsed time, which basically, uh, she had I think it's two days, two mm-hmm. or three days, yeah. right?
1: She thinks it's been like an hour and then the guy yeah, who but finds it's been her days. is like it's been two days. And also when she sees him, she's so hungry she pulls a knife on him. It's like she has yeah. this cannibalism set into herself. Yeah.
0: Like, she didn't know either. She was like, I don't know what came over me, but it was just like her and it was like her gut instinct just to be like, I'm going to cut this dude up and eat him. Which who hasn't know. been there, dude?
1: Just keep going. Who was? I can't, who, who, I can't who is, deal
0: with what? you right now. <laughs> we cut to EW story, which is a mysterious death of a boy near the stairs. Which I, I think this is our first time ever hearing about a dead body near the this, stairs. This is
1: the first time the stairs directly cause a death. I mean, it's implied oh, okay. with the guy who walked up them, but this is the first time sure. there's like a body there. Yeah,
0: sure. Which is an eleven-year-old <clears throat> boy named Joey vanishes near a river leading to a puzzling search the star finds his body by a set of stairs in a remote area curled up and dead post-mortem examination reveals inexplicable hole punch like holes in his organs with no external wounds which i love how they describe that they say his organs are like swiss cheese so gross so gross and so good i love that
1: I i mean like what's interesting about that whole story is they describe a kid goes missing and they do a search for him and as they're doing the search operation they like the dogs will pick up a scent and then lose it then pick it up then lose it and when they Mm -hmm. look at the map to see how what order they're doing it it's in a checkerboard segment as it describes so if you imagine a checkerboard with like the red and black spaces in the Mm -hmm. red spaces the dogs smell when they pass into the black spaces they lose the scent. And they get into red and they pick it up again. Like, it further leads into the idea that there's some kind of dimensional rift happening in this woods. It's very cool. It's a very cool idea. And then when they find the kid himself dead at the bottom of the stairs, his holes, I mean, uh, his organs are almost full of these checkerboarded holes. It looks like a hole punch. Something stabbed him across his organs. It's it's yeah, like
0: but no punctures to the skin though mind you. Yeah, 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 his clear. skin
1: yeah. externally totally fine, but inside his organs have been shredded. It's like he got pulled through some kind of dimensional rift. It's very creepy.
0: With all these conspiracy things too, I'm surprised that in this level of the story so far because even the mortician sees it, right? And the mortician's just like, "Yeah, I've never seen anything like this before in my life." Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised there isn't more things about people like teams taking the body like almost like because it like like we said before it feels like there's people that are trying to stop this information so i'm surprised so far in the story here there isn't something where it's just like oh we have to have call this these people to pick it up or something like almost somebody interfering with that information to the outside world which maybe it's supposed to be alluded that you know the mortician maybe cuts into it but maybe like no one else really sees it but i don't know something especially with that that distinguished of an injury because so far, you know, people are like missing or it's accidents, but this is like just on a whole different level. I mean, this is like our first extremely paranormal, kind of like surreal kill that's confirmed by someone else outside of the forest, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: and then last but not least, we have PB PB, uh, warnings, you know, more. This is another staircase one. Uh, PB shares. Disturbing incidents related to the mysterious stairs in the woods describes a man's hand being sliced off and a woman's brain vessel bursting upon interacting with the stairs. Talks about the unpredictable but un, uh, but invariable tragic consequences of engaging with these stairs and emphasizes the impossibility of finding the same stair twice and the eerie phenomena phenomena surrounding them. Yeah. So we do get into back we we're getting into like back rooms kind of like parallel. Yeah you know uh like you're saying dimension parallel dimension type stuff you never see the same
1: stairs twice right it mentions that you walk up them and your hand can just disappear maybe your brain explodes they're clearly not like not only are the stairs not supposed to be there visually in the sense of the reality that they're currently in they shouldn't be there they cause glitches almost when they come into contact
0: which i'm telling you man once again when i was reading this i was thinking I I think that the stairs are just like it feels like it is what the forest is like presenting to you as something like it's masking it as something. You know what I mean? Like almost like it's resembling a staircase that maybe you've seen before in your life or something. It's like taking into your memories and it's like a staircase that maybe you've seen before. Mm -hmm. But it's disguising some other contraption that you're walking on or like entering or something along those lines. Mm. I just I think that I, I think that there's something more to play than just like having it be interdimensional travel or something i feel like it's uh it's like masking Ma- it's like some kind of masking situation in reality or whatever i don't know interesting yeah, yeah. interesting interesting and then part five we're getting we're, we're closing in dude we're close. we're over halfway we're moving My we're word. chugging
1: along we're getting through it we're chugging
0: along Which is the firefighter's horrific discovery in a tree, which a firefighter previously experienced in tree trimming is called for rescue operation to retrieve a child from a massive tree. Upon retrieving the child, he discovers a, a macabre scene. The child's body is entangled in the branches, intestines gruesomely hanging from his mouth and the other end, draped over the branches like twisted decorations the child's eyes are missing indicating a violent end and his swollen tongue is infested with flies shocked and unable to physically handle the body the firefighter dislodges it from the tree with a stick disturbed by the thought of carrying it down this is definitely the most brutal body horror it's it's of the, of like the, the most
1: violent description in the whole series sure um very, it's almost like, like true kid, detect- like a very it's, tragic they describe sorry. this like if a vacuum was, like, if the kid got sucked into a vacuum and everything got yeah. ripped out of him at once, mm-hmm. and that's just, like, draped across the top of the trees. Like, there's, again, no explanation, no stuff given. It's, it's left up to the reader's imagination what could have caused this scene.
0: The infested with flies part is yeah. pretty yeah. pretty fucking disgusting. Like, that's pretty horrid. I think that, like, what's, what's interesting about this one is that they've included so many, like, accidents that when I read it at first, the infested fly thing is probably a bit hard to sell, but it almost reads like a murder in a way. Like a really fucked up murder. It's how I kind of read it at first, um, which is just like a violent circumstance in these woods. But I don't know. Did you read this one as paranormal? Or did you read this one more as like, like some kind of because grinsley? of
1: everything that's happened so far, I read it as paranormal. I understand mm. why you could just read it as like a sick, messed up serial killer kind of thing. But given given the past of everything that's happened, I did in fact. Read sure. It was paranormal.
0: I mean, it could be, even be something too, where it's like, it could even be something where someone is, you know, some kind of one of these monsters did it as well. Once again, though, I I read it in a way where it's like a murderer affected by whatever he was affected with in this forest or like led to do this kind of thing in a craze or something. And we just haven't found that body yet, but it's hard to say too, because like I said, at this point in the story too, I'm still hoping that they introduce some more real elements because we are getting more fantastical. We're introducing a lot of new things. So it'd be kind of cool to have still bits of realism this far in to really make sure that the story is grounded. That the, that the things that we're doing now aren't going so over the top. Because you know, as you're writing these things, continuously you have to evolve and you have to showcase bigger and crazier things uh, as you crescendo to your finale. But I think that you do need to still ground yourself in the reality that this is a job that someone would show up to and that there are still real things that can happen. So I think maybe it's even me just like almost – I mean this is fucked up to say – but wanting it to be a murder to just be like it's a horrible reality of something that could happen in – uh in the real world. i um, just taking set the setting in the forest. But uh, the next one is the veterans observation of the stairs and the faceless man encounter. We get two. we get a, we get a nice combination here, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a veteran, uh, a veteran discusses encountering stairs in the wilderness, um, including a particularly unsettling type that appear upside down, like a surreal remnant of a tornado's <sighs> aftermath. This one's double weird. Cause like you can almost quantify, a staircase left behind you cannot quantify an upside down staircase <laughs> in the middle of woods. Yeah. and he mentions <laughs> that they're like more rare than the than the regular staircases but if the if the normal ones cause the damage that
0: we've heard so far what would an upside down one do it's uh yeah it makes me think that like even if you if, if it's that surreal and that like manipulated in our own reality it makes me think that even if you like look at it that you would be affected or something. You know what I mean? Like it it feels like, yeah, like it's reach or its effect is, has to be greater somehow because it's presentation is so absurd and so distorted. Uh, I, yeah, I really like that.
1: Yeah. There's another one where uh, the veteran recounts a personal encounter with a figure lacking a face the entity mm-hmm. moves with unnatural speed and silence, approaching him by a river. This is similar to uh, the other tales that we've heard so far in the story of, like, these people appearing without a face.
0: And I think that what was interesting about this one, too, is that the entity displays a ghastly feature where its throat opens up like a mouth, smiling grotesquely, and it speaks in a disturbing and un- unnatural manner. Mm-hmm. Which I like to tie in with this one because it kind of gave... Because, you know, before we said, like, it's like a muffled scream. Yeah. And it was, yeah. It was basically like skin draped over a face. I'm wondering now, whenever we got to this part where I was like, oh, I wonder if this is the same thing. And the scream was coming from its throat and if it just sounded, you know, unnatural just because it was must. Maybe like a what is it? What is it called whenever like somebody's the smoking thing and you put the hole in their neck? What the fuck is that called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tracheotomy?
1: Like the, yeah, it's from, it's from the the ectomy or whatever, but it, I forget what the name of the actual. I want to say what, it's a tracheectomy. I was positive. Yeah, that's the yeah. procedure. Is that also what the host oh, called okay. afterwards?
0: Yeah, I, 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 well, maybe, wait, I know maybe, what I you're know. talking
1: about the the voice box. But thing. it's yeah. it,
0: it's that voice box thing. So I'm wondering because he says it's in an unnatural manner. So I'm wondering if it's the same thing or is it like a series of things? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What, I mean, whenever I read it, I think that it's uh, I think it's probably the same entity. Is is what I is what I'm thinking? The same kind of faceless ghoul, yeah. Yeah. walking around, but you know and part 5 ends with the woman's childhood encounter with the mutilated man and one shares a cool ac-
1: story that one's a cool I do story.
0: I do like this one too I also like that it's uh it's like a childhood memory I don't know why it's just creepy. It's always something about introducing like your child like the the re- the recollections of when you're a kid if it translates to reality cuz usually that stuff is always distorted but if it's something as traumatic as this you almost want to believe that it's true yeah which yeah. The woman shares a childhood memory of exploring a recently burnt forest with her friend. <laughs> that's a fun, that's a fun friend activity. Just a great time. Uh, yeah. You know that beautiful forest? Yeah, it's burnt. Let's go look <laughs> at it. <laughs> Where they encounter a man with parts of his face horrif- horrifically removed. The man, bleeding profusely and dressed in strangely outdated clothing, is do- disoriented and terrified, warning against uh, being touched... Uh, lest he be taken back to an unknown, frightful place. The incident leaves a lasting scar on the woman and her friend, leading them to forever avoid the woods and never speak of the encounter again. Which also, the guy, whenever he says, don't touch me or I'll be like, you know, it'll happen to me again. He like runs off, just sprints. He just gets the hell out of there. (laughs) Which once again, I'm I'm telling you, man, I feel like... (laughs) I... (laughs) I just feel like this forest is doing something. I feel like it's like with outdated clothes, which is it, which I think the author is trying to basically say that like time, I mean, time travel, right?
1: Yeah. She describes it as a great. They're wearing a gray coat that has mm. red trimming on it, which is. I think that was some... Uh, initially, I thought Confederate because of Grey Coat, but that doesn't make sense because they describe the story as taking place in Maine. Um, so, maybe... I, I mean, also, the forest displaces stuff, so it could have been a Confederate. Uh, it could have been, like, a Revolutionary War garb uh, or something like that. It, basically, a soldier from some previous American war who... Hmm. Uh, that she mentions it, that there is blood on his kneecaps, On his forehead and on his nose, like, they're cut off, implying that either he was walking and, like, something cut off the front of his face uh, and his knees, or maybe he fell down and, like, his knees and face got, like, cut by something. What my theory with that is, maybe back in, like, because he says that, or she says the character, the the character I believe here is a woman recounting the story when she was a child, that... This soldier ran up to her and started shaking her and asked where his company is, like what's happening. And when she pulled out her phone or some some mechanical device, he started freaking out and ran away. So I think what happened is this soldier was in like, you know, civil war, revolutionary war, something like that, and he came across a staircase in the woods. He mm-hmm. walked to the top of the stairs, and s- similar to how it was described earlier, your hand can just get cut clean off if you reach too far out of the stairs. He was yeah. standing near the top, and then this imaginary, like, the blade, effectively, of it. This like, I imagine it almost as like a piano wire shooting up from the stairs itself. Yeah, they shoot sliced up, it. Whoosh! Sliced mm-hmm. it. Sliced his nose, sliced his forehead, sliced his knees. And all of a sudden, he was in the modern age. And then he runs, he finds this girl, freaks out because of technology, runs off, and who knows what happens to him. I think it was a time transportation because of his own encounter with the stairs.
0: What led you to believe, it, it, so do you think that it's just the army just because of his get up?
1: Yeah, yeah, she describes it as, hold on, I can find Because, well,
0: you're a, right, it's like, the, it's like a gray outfit with the red trim. But to me, whenever I read that, I almost read that as like an older uh, SAR uniform. Oh, you might be—you might be right about that. Actually, I think I, I thought that it might have been like, I think because I, I, I was right, right there with you too. Though I do think that he traveled up a staircase, got sliced, and he went way too far. And instead of just his arm and stuff, his whole body got transported out into a different time. And now it's this guy who is like, who knows? I mean, it could oh, just I, been. I,
1: I remember why I think it was a military because oh, okay. he kept asking about his unit.
0: Well, like, even when I read you, even when I read unit, it still made me think of like a like the sar like his that's uh, true that's his, true. his his not I mean not platoon it's like his I mean his unit you know his unit number in of the like,
1: in the search and rescue yeah that's very sure. true he had a so, yeah here's the phrasing he had some kind of weird gray cloth jacket and almost formal pants on and the jacket had these weird buttons and red borders on it
0: yeah I want I mean it, it, it it's it's very ambiguous I mean I think that like it could it could very well be something as old as like 1800s or even 1700s or something like that yeah to me yeah. whenever i read it yeah i just i just imagine like a way or like 60s like 60s sar
1: yeah that's true that's true deal or something like that
0: you know what i mean just kind of like yeah. an older material but it's still formal in that way but yeah i just thought it was like oh this is a dude from a different time No, i was
1: yeah and i He's was definitely trying to look a man back out of time either way
0: yeah and i was trying to read back through but there was no other stories because i was hoping that when i when i was like going back through that it would be like oh this is about like an older sar person talks about like one of their colleagues going missing and i'm like oh that would have been a tie-in but who knows i mean it's just some guy out of time showing up traumatizing these people and then now they never have never stepped anywhere near the woods again at all which smart I say finally, thank God. Someone has one crazy thing happen and they're like, that's enough. I'm good. Yeah. But they yeah. They, they haven't been tempted by the pay yet. The pay they or benefits. The, they haven't the been benefits. tempted
1: by the massive pay that the Park the, service the, is put down. The massive, <laughs> massive pay.
0: You'll you'll figure it out one day, is what he says. That <laughs> leads no, us no, into I'm part six. Six of eight. We're rounding we're rounding the final turn here, which is the part six is The rookie conversation revealing disturbing SAR incidences, because, you know, what we've had so far isn't disturbing enough, but a friend shares an unsettling search and rescue case, including rapid, unexplainable deaths and bizarre circumstances. Describes finding a man with a family-crushed... with a fatally crushed skull in an area devoid of rocks or hard objects and recalls discovering a woman in a desert who died of drowning with her lungs full of water and no nearby water resources really by this point i think in part six it's really ramping up the dimensional travel stuff a lot of people that shouldn't be this area are in this area i.e you know like head crushed by presumably rocks no no rocks or any hard stuff like basically like in a pasture of grass and then even a person drowning in a desert and their body is full of water. So once again, we're just getting more teleportation stuff. Um, We get the tragic case of a young man with Down syndrome, uh, goes missing under mysterious circumstances as well, found severely injured in a canyon, mentions a little sad boy wanting to play and trade, quote unquote trade, and dies after sharing haunted last words about being cold and longing for his mother. Just horribly, horribly tragic, which I wonder too, coincidentally, I wonder if... Just from generally reading this, there, there's a couple. There's, there's more than one. I think there's like maybe four or five, maybe even six, people with like mental, mental illness of some kind being affected and being perpetrated there. I know there's been some movies that that has been like in Stephen King's Dreamcatcher, the person who can like interdimensionally talk to people is a Down syndrome child, and I don't know if that they, if they're trying to link that as well. That like because of this. Uh, mental illness, that they're able to communicate or do something with these people. I don't know if there's some kind of narrative there, but just food for thought. Uh, another one is a senior rangers disturbing story of a severed hand a portion of the par-
1: i like how i come back and you're talking about down syndrome well there's it happens a lot it, happen- it
0: happens it sure. happens a lot sure this.
1: whatever you say did you i know will be shortly yeah, is- don't worry
0: i was actually just talking about the entire movie synopsis of radio i oh, hope oh, that was fine okay the, uh- <laughs> i
1: figured yeah. did you did That's you hear what i had right. to say though
0: about the the down syndrome uh th- this this entire reddit thread i think there's. Five or six different cases of, maybe four or five mentally ill uh, children or people having
1: some. There is a through through line of there is, um, and I was trying to compare it. Some kind of connection. Did you
0: ever watch the or read or watch Stephen King's Dreamcatcher? Yes. Yeah. So in that movie, the whole correlation with that is that because of his mental illness, he's able to talk with this like out like otherworldly monster that's been plaguing these people's dreams so i didn't know if this was trying to do something similar where it's like because of their circumstance and they don't have similar you know like because of their abnormal abnormalities with their you know uh mental illnesses are they connected in some different way do they get some kind of different perception of this thing are they able to communicate with whatever they're doing more i mean with this one it's tragic about the little boy wanting to play and trade it's more peaceful which i'd have to go we'd have to go back through and check again but i don't think i don't think any of the other ones are also super deranged if anything i think that they're all somewhat kind of like peaceful by nature i guess but of course uh he dies with uh his haunting last words um Longing for his mom. It's a very sad very sad one, but... I, yeah. I, I just thought that yeah. was an interesting... Like, th- thinking about it now, this far in the story, it's just it's just a lot of different coincidences there. I don't know if it's
1: true. And, and there was that part... If I recall right, you may have just talked about this mm. while I was replacing the battery, but wasn't there a section where it kind of implies that he kind of gave his life for someone else? I
0: believe in so. In a way?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's something about um, urgency... He was unable to function alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's when the search and rescue officer is talking to him. Um, he says... Hold up where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was crying and he said something about how the little sad boy mm-hmm. had wanted him to come play. He said the little boy wanted to trade so he could go home. And then he closed his eyes and he woke up again. He was in the canyon. So it's like this this man like went with this child... Mm-hmm. Uh, And it also implies there's some entity in the forest collecting children, collecting people for whatever reason. Yeah. Because there was also the story earlier with the two brothers Yeah, the right kind. And one wasn't, yeah, the right kind. The other one was different. And here we have a story of a little boy taking this man away and wanting to trade so he can go home. So for whatever reason, something in the woods is kind of collecting people.
0: Yeah, so one one of the entities, which is interesting, because there's several. I wonder how much of these. Which I guess, whenever we're done talking about it, because we're almost done talking about all the parts, we can talk about. I, I have a yeah. couple of th- through lines that I want to talk about, but just to wrap up part six, there's also the encounter with the backflipping man, which I just I thought this one was kind of funny. <laughs> that, one, while, that one's pretty good. While yeah. searching for the mountain lion, an officer encounters a man performing unnatural backflips <laughs> through the forest. The man approaches rapidly, ignoring warnings and warning shots, then flees after the shot is fired. The bizarre behavior and agility of the man leave the officers deeply unsettled. Which, I agree. Can you imagine seeing (laughs) a guy doing (laughs) profusely fast backflips through the forest? And he only runs away until you fire a pistol. He's like, oh shit, he runs off. (laughs) I I thought that was really funny. I like that one a lot. It's pretty good. Um, Did, did
1: uh, Did you do the part about the severed hand in the tree? Yeah. Okay, cool, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it's interesting too, where it's yeah. described as it's like growing out of the middle of a tree. It's there there's something about mm-hmm. this park where it feels like they are collecting Unnatural. flesh almost, right? Collecting data in a sense, for these faceless people that walk around. It's like they're trying to kind of almost copy-paste human features into different parts of the park to either put on these faceless figures or whatnot. And they keep getting stuff wrong. A hand popping out of a tree. Uh, It describes later that one of the park rangers encountered someone whose face looked too big for their head. Like It's like they're learning what people are like. That also lines up with a lot of the noises they make. The crying on loop. Stuff like that. It's like it's like skinwalkers almost trying to learn how to be human uh, or the entity of the park itself trying to learn to be human, but they keep making mistakes,
0: trying to mimic things that they hear in responses of like an entity that is learning a new species, almost yeah. trying to capture yeah. the a There's also of new species.
1: similar to that in that same story where the girl is talking about going to the burnout forest and encountering the old, you know, soldier search and rescue worker mm-hmm. or whatever. She mentions that they saw the skeleton of a deer, but they didn't go near it because the deer's antlers didn't look right. Um, I don't know if that's implying that this deer was some kind of supernatural entity or if it was, again, another example of the woods creating something abnormal on
0: accident. Yeah, I always wondered. I wish that we got more description of what the antlers what the antlers looked like. Like, almost like yeah. if, uh, I don't know. Like, I almost think that it's like, instead of like regular antler bones, like, is it like is it pieces of human skin like an, a, another pieces of the deer's bone structure that manifested into the antlers like i almost thought mm. it like when i initially thought of it too i was like you know almost thinking of like maybe like someone's rib cage replaced on top of like the deer's head or something like the way yeah, the curvature that's of that true, that's true. just something odd you know hmm. where it's like well that looks right but it's not so it's uncanny and it has that you know people but obviously people wouldn't also just be like oh that may it's it's a Rib cage, or who knows what it is you know it's it's just something a little more interesting i wish we had a little more visual information there even if it wasn't like fully descriptive but just enough to kind of like titillate the the senses i think going into uh oh. part seven we have some more cryptids here and the uh the rake and the windigo, which is fun
1: <laughs> which is the yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right my <laughs> <about. laughs>
0: <laughs> The narrator touches on frequently asked topics about cryptids, such as the Rake, and a creature described in the folklore as a humanoid figure with grotesque features, and the Wendigo, a mythical creature in Native American folklore often associated with cannibalism, insatiable greed, and cultural taboos. So once again, the uh, Russell here kind of talking about... You know, talking directly to the audience, just kind of describing some of the stuff and admits to limited knowledge, but acknowledges stories that seem loosely related to these legends, emphasizes the need for practical approach in the wilderness to maintain a sense of uh, normalcy and avoid succumbing to fear and paranoia. So basically them being like, well, I'm not going to read in all this stuff and just assume that these things that I'm seeing are associated with these legends, etc., but can admit to like, yeah, I mean, some of it might be similar, but I'm not going to like dive into it, which I don't know. Do you agree with that sentiment? Do you agree that like like by not researching yourself into that, that that brings nor- like normality to your job if you see all that crazy stuff?
1: So hold up, phrase that question again. Do I think it brings normality to see that weird stuff? Is that what you're saying?
0: Russell is saying that I'm not going to investigate into these cryptids that you guys are saying that that Russell's not knowledgeable of. And he's not going to research it because he wants to keep a sense of normality and not cause paranoia and Mm. fear.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think that is true to agree. They even discuss that at the point when they're... I think it was the old service ranger talking about, like, all the stuff that can go wrong with the stairs in the woods. He kind of alludes to the idea that maybe people won't talk about it because once they acknowledge it, they have to deal with the fact that it's real. So, Hmm. in a sense, maybe it's the same way with, like, these Wendigo creatures and things like that. Maybe it's just something that you don't want to look at directly. Almost like
0: a weird kind of, like, parallels too, with, like, uh, just for viewers to maybe comprehend a bit better, too. Like, kind of like demons in movies or something like that. Or, like, demons, it's, like, acknowledging it gives it more power in the physical world or something. Something along those lines. I think that like by acknowledging it and by like giving more of your attention to it, it feeds off that paranoia or feeds off your attention. Um, And it kind of like is like reeling you in in some kind of way. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the uh, KD comes Absolutely. back for this one and talks about it's their Wendigo uh, entity that they came across. Actually, in this thing too, we actually get a we get our first. I don't. I think this might be our first time that they ever talk about an actual location. Which KD shares a story from her friend H about a camping trip near the Warm Springs Reservation in Central Oregon. I think that's the first time mm-hmm. we ever get like an actual.
1: It, it it like we get hints about stuff about like oh well um it, it's in an area with a lot of mountains and terrain there's moose there so we know it's kind of like p and w region but here it's actually described now, earlier there was the friend's story in maine that was said but that's not described to be sure. this area katie's friend's story is kind of with the idea that it's related to this area and it's in oregon so it kind of confirms suspicions of this being somewhere in the uh the rockies or like yellowstone ish area
0: And I mean, this one is just them encountering a creature resembling a deer, but walking on two legs with cloudy, milky eyes, similar to Wendigo's description. But they ignore the creature and avoid interacting with it, uh, adhering to uh, his grandfather's warnings about mysterious entities in the wilderness. So basically, this one felt like it was just like them seeing a Wendigo kind of entry, um, but them not really paying much attention to it and just hoping that it wouldn't fuck with them, uh, per their you know grandfather being like you don't want to mess with a deer that stands on two legs it'll fuck you up for real just don't even look at it uh it's a pretty that, good roll of thumb that sounds you know? really scary grandpa i don't care it is scary it's scary as shit just i don't know twiddle with your thumbs <laughs> okay, thanks. Greg now, turns out he was right. Yeah, he, he was. was right. He, he, right, he, he was, he, they ignore he, it and
1: it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, he was yeah. right. It would be very hard not to be like, "Hey, you know, <laughs>
1: like that's what." Well, I mean, that. What are you like, doing? She describes it. <laughs> And the kid who's like facing away from it, it's standing right behind
0: him whispering to him.
1: Oh, yeah. And the kid's like, So, have you seen that? Uh, you see that cool new uh, Ed, Ed,
0: and Eddie episode? Yeah. That was pretty cool. So, that was it's it's cool so time. funny because like, you're like shaking in fear. The thing's like hey, that that, whispering behind you. Hey, that that. And it's like, So then the, Ed slaps his belly and he says, Pink belly. And then there was this other part where he says, Butter toast. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> I, was, I, was, I imagine I was, that's how your childhood went, though. I, I,
0: literally, I remember the episode of Ed and Eddie, It scared me when Ed eats his mattress. I remember. I remember. I, I, remember, I like, do being remember that. I do that. remember that. I was revolted. It revolted me as a child.
1: <laughs> do you remember that episode where uh, I forget what the context was, but um, Ed's parents takes away his stairs.
0: I th- Do you remember that? Yeah, because he lives in the basement, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he lives in a basement, so he's like, oh, I'm grounded, so my parents took the stairs. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that's some liminal horror. That's where the stairs that went. That is liminal yeah. horror. <laughs>
0: Especially because you never see the parents in that show. I know that there's so many fun yeah. <laughs> conspiracies of like, who, who the fuck his, took the stairs, Ed?
1: His parents are just an entity that eats stairs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: uh, we're getting okay we're getting too sidetracked we're yeah, almost done we're, we're almost done i don't thank you guys we're, for so staying, close. Stay, we're so
0: close we're having a lot of fun with this <laughs> but just to rattle these these last ones off we get another encounter with the faceless man which is yep. like a friend of russell uh while we're painting an information booth is approached by a man asking for directions initially perceives the man as normal but upon looking directly at him sees that the man has a smooth faceless surface Creating a moment of intense fear and confusion, the man disappears into the woods after the encounter, leaving <laughs> that
1: bit of an understatement. <laughs> was what it, yeah, leaving
0: an eerie impression. Which it's like, ima- <laughs> I mean, really imagine that for a second. Uh, excuse me, do you know where the local Red Robin is? Uh yeah, man. It, oh, he's like has the face. He's like oh, he like just dead sprints into the woods. <laughs> How would you even process that? <laughs> a, a smooth, a smooth, faceless surface. The way it's described is
1: pretty good too, because yeah. they're like on top of a staircase painting. Yeah, and then it's like they look over their shoulder, they're faceless, they blink, and he has a face all of a sudden. And it's like, huh, was that my bad? But then the guy's acting so weird that you're like, uh, maybe that wasn't my bad. Like it is, it is a very well played moment of tension.
0: It's a well played moment of tension and I think that like it escalates it perfectly by it. exactly you're asking yourself, is this situation weird? until the guy literally disappears into the woods. Yeah. That's when you're like, yeah, No, just, I had every right to be weirded out by that. Okay. That makes Imagine
1: sense. you're talking to a guy and he's like, Hey, could you give me a ride down the street? And you're like, No, and he's like, Okay, and just walks <laughs> off into the <laughs> like into the tree line.
0: I'd be like, That man's on his own journey. Man, yeah, man's yeah, taking I mean, shortcuts left and right.
1: Uh, <laughs> He's going to a place I cannot follow. <laughs> the trail
0: scout meeting with a disproportionately faced man, which is another individual recounts meeting an older man while scouting trails whose facial features were unnaturally large compared to his head, creating disturbed and surreal visual. Which you've talked, you we were talking about that earlier, but
1: yeah, I mentioned that. That, that, earlier, that, yeah. that one's yeah. fun. That, I,
0: I I like how simple this one is because it's yeah, it's yeah. just the idea. Like it, picturing my head, it was very comical, but that made it. More scary to me is how funny his face would have been. Hello, like was wondering, so... scouting for these trails and just wanted to say hello. <laughs> it's just this giant man with like spaghetti <laughs> strand hair. Could I offer you a peppermint?
1: It honestly would look like one of your cartoons. It was. <laughs> his face is too big for his head. Like one of your, your purposely scary cartoons. It would be like... one of the ones too. Too
0: much gum in his smile, extremely tiny yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah definitely
1: like it's interesting too how it's described with like the way it's phrased too like his face was just too big for his head not that his head was big his face was too big for it and you sit there and you're thinking to yourself like what would that look like you know like the eyes the mouth it creates a very uncanny picture in your head I, i like it very well it's it's very subtle Yeah, I mean, obviously the face isn't subtle, but it's not like his face exploded and became a monster or something. It's just like it's not like some kind of jump scare.
0: It's just the uncanny nature of the situation. Even I mean, like I imagine the disportionate of his face. It isn't so cartoonish. It's probably just awkward enough, you know.
1: Yeah, and also he he goes back to that thing I talked about earlier. The idea that um this that these. Monsters, these faceless creatures, wherever they are, are trying to learn humans. Yeah. They're trying to learn what they yeah. look like, how they act. It it, it all it actually, <laughs> since they're going from faceless to like just too big of a face, it almost implies they're getting better at it, which is scary.
0: Yeah, it's it's learning. It's it's learning yeah. and it's adapting. Yeah. It's just the it's the simplicities. Like if each one of these people are asking for a ride to Red Robin, you know that it hasn't learned that core aspect of like normal human conversation, but visually it's getting better, and that's what's crazy too. Is that then you're going to start seeing like normal people that are just acting slightly off, and that's going to be way way harder to comprehend, you know? I'm like, or to even delineate between an actual person. So even if they don't get it perfectly right, like uh, eighty an eighty percent perfect like replica is going to feel like, yeah, this is just a fucking weirdo that I've met a hundred times before at Walmart or something, uh, which the last two little parts of uh, seven are the girl sleepwalking to the stairs. Mysteriously. She kind of uh, talks about, uh, you know, speaks cryptically about needing to leave and mentions quote-unquote it being there doesn't really describe what it is it's just it is there before waking up with no memory of the event and then the last one is the child with a cognitive condition uh talks of communicating uh or, or communicating stairs, which is a child with a cognitive condition disappears and is later found describing an encounter with mysterious stairs that communicated with him the child account suggests a supernatural aspect to the stairs and he felt uh, he had never left his original spot and mentions the stairs wanting him to stay, which once again, cognitive thing now having another kind of interaction or I would say almost peaceful interaction with this thing. Um, and now the stairs this time are instead of wanting to trade, they're like, I want you to stay. I, I, I really wonder what that what that correlation is with like the weird. It's,
1: it's, so that one that encounter specifically is interesting because it's a young boy and he says that the stairs came up to him. Yeah. So for one, like, what really th- funny, does basically. that mean? He walked away, and he just thought that he was kind of floating,
0: or did the stairs physically like float through the woods to get? Oh to no, him? no, I don't like to I, say float. I like to think it's like, like dragging on the ground, <laughs> like it's
1: bulldozing through the woods. Exactly. Wouldn't
0: that be so much it's creepier though? It's like <laughs> the breaking of like branches the scene and from leaves.
1: SpongeBob with the rock. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just a nice Victorian staircase. Beautiful. Pioneers used to ride
1: these babies for miles. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, It's Yeah, it's, it's a fun little thing, but the idea of, like, the desperation of the staircase it's, it's wanting plain, him to stay. Like, you said Victorian. I'm imagining,
1: like, a marble staircase 20 feet high. It's playing, like, the British royal theme as it's going through the woods. Just taking out trees
0: as it goes. breaking it. And it's like, please stay. <laughs> and the boy describes it as calmly. Like it it's was... like, no, I'm not going to. Please stay with me. <laughs> like nice music. And it's just like toppling over these 400-year-old trees. No, I don't. I'm not going to. I'm leaving. Just like a snooty-ass kid.
1: <laughs> and then... <laughs> to try to maintain what little bit of, of power we have left, he says. Because it's about to devolve, I can feel it. He says um, that he kept saying that the stairs were like the campfire over and over. Maybe hmm. he's referring to the way the fire started slow and got bigger, like the stairs kind of manifested in front of him, like yeah. they appeared. Maybe he means like with the fire it came. I don't know, but that's a very that's a very haunting idea. And then he says that he heard a sound so loud that he had to cover his ears, which reminds me of the story that
0: um, Russell told earlier about the train noise that he heard. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's 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 just, unless you read it, obviously it doesn't, but the way that like when you read this, the way that these things kind of circle back and tie in are really fun, and it's not so much that we're getting more information, but it's just different experiences, and you get little hints of, like, just how other people experience these things, which I find really rewarding. It's just... Yeah. It's it's, yep. it's a subtle thing, but it's nice. It's, it's cool to not just, this crazy thing happened, and we never hear about it again. It's like, no, people have had experiences similar to other people. Like, it's not just a one-off crazy thing. It's like, these things are existing in this forest, so... But this leads us to the final part, part eight, which is eight, uh, it's, it starts go. off. Yeah, let's go, which the, <laughs> which Russell or the narrator acknowledges the unexpected level of attention their stories have received. By this point, it's probably extremely popular on r slash no sleep and mentions being questioned about the mysterious stairs in the woods, faces reprimand from superiors and is warned against speaking further about the stairs, uh, indicating the sensitivity and secrecy surrounding the topic. So, once again, kind of, like, stifling, like, we're not going to get any more of these. This is going to be probably my last post because my job that I just cannot seem to fathom leaving is mm-hmm. saying... what. Well, which also, too, by this time, with the amount of secrecy behind it, it kind of almost seems like they can't really leave. Like, I imagine it's probably, like, something where it's like, how does a person quit Area 51? Right? Yeah,
1: Yeah. like, w- once you've been in for that long, you're stuck.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's like there's no way people are just going to let you leave with that information. So maybe it's something where it's like, I have to stay. But it starts off with disturbing tales circulating among among rangers, which is many stories are being shared among rangers, uh, some too unsettling to to forget. One story involves a young woman who disappeared with only part of her tongue and lower jaw later found cut with precision. Which uh, makes you think of another staircase thing. Makes you think that like yep. some kind of yep. dimensional traveling, like you're saying, with like the per- the piano wire like just got cut right as soon as like maybe a dimension shift or something like that. Kind of like Cube, yep. the movie Cube. Makes you think of that a little bit. The, it, how the it room is familiar to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, encounters, encounters, encounters with more uh, black uh, eyed entities, uh, which is the story circulated of black eyed individuals in the woods imitating natural sounds. One specific tale from a deer hunter details a terrifying encounter with a human-like figure composed of raw meat and hair, capable of mimicking sounds, including hunters' gunshots. That's one of my favorites. That is my favorite. That's one of my favorites. That's That's my favorite. So good, so good. And I love that it's mimicking sounds, which, like the hunter's gunshot. I love that. Yeah. Love, love, love. Yeah, he says he says
1: he's in his tent, and then he sees what looks like a human face pressed into the side of the tent. So good. Jumps out. And he fires two shots in the air. He looks behind him and it's something made, he describes it as a roadkill shoved in the shape of a person. And it kind of has the form of a face and it looks at him and makes the noise of the two gunshots he just did Mm -hmm. and then takes off into the woods. I, Bro, um, it's like, it, it, it's again, like it, the woods are collecting flesh and trying to put together people. They're
0: like. collecting flesh. And I think with this one too, with the way that they talked about the hair, it almost made me think that it was like a deer, like a deer meat, f- like forcibly formed into the shape of a human. The way that they described the hair being in there, it made me think it's like, almost like an inverse deer, except like without yeah. the antlers and stuff. It's yeah. just like contorted and crushed into this like form. Totally unnatural, and also the reason too with the gunshots and the hunter, it just made me think that that's another thing with like the hunter and the deer, etc. Except the deer becomes the predator this time around. Kind of made me think that was the vibe, but it, it, I would say without a doubt is probably my favorite visual, and especially the way they describe it. Just such a fun, fun collection, and it does once you like you said it goes to show that like the forest itself or something in the forest is collecting. People is it made of some of these missing people? We who knows? That's it's so fun. I love it.
1: Yeah, uh, It's great. It's great. The last, Anger.
0: the last two are the unnerving sightings and phenomena, which is a couple reports seeing a climber without gear uh, scaling a steep cliff and then bizarrely snapping in half and leaping off the peak. This climber, <laughs> that not-
1: one's so wild. It is. Dude. It is very. very wild. They're looking, Imagine seeing they're looking that. through binoculars and they see. A climber go to the top, do an exaggerated wave at them, <laughs> snap in Hi. half, and jump off the cliff. And then Russell's like, "I can't do anything about it because ten other people have seen the same thing." Like, what?
0: Yeah, it's like the most Bro. intense free fall uh, documentary, or whatever the fuck that movie was, or fr- free climbing documentary, whatever that we see. Like, just just to see that and the cartoonish wave is so good. But then to have ten other people report that. It's almost, oh, is it the same person they're seeing too? Yeah, 10 other people have seen that this exact climber person? go to
1: the top, okay. wave at them. And keep in mind, this person's watching through binoculars, so they're hundreds and hundreds of yards away. And he can this see them. This climber knows immediately where they're at, mm-hmm. looks at him, waves, cracks in half, jumps off the cliff. That's happened. Several people have seen the same thing.
0: What's weird too is at the end of this, they decide to not document it and to not investigate it any further, even though there's been 10 people that have I, I don't man at this point, like at
1: that point in the story, I don't think that not only are they not capable of it. I don't think that the individual like Russell wants to know more about it. He's just like, that's unexplainable. That's terrifying. I don't want to look any further into it.
0: Yeah. And I wondered how much of it too, is just like, even if I wrote this down, no one's going to see it. Like, I think that he knows yeah, that like the higher yeah. ups aren't letting any of this shit going out. So why, what's the point of even documenting it down? Uh, But the idea of the person also continuously climbing up, it almost reads like a Prometheus kind of level of torture, except with him waving, it seems like it's almost jolly, which feels weird. So it almost feels like he's in this perpetual loop of getting tortured every day, like almost like Sisyphus rolling the 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 ball up the hill or Prometheus getting his innards eaten out by vultures. It's just like this Mm -hmm. weird ritual that he does every day, maybe at the same time. Pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I I like how much weird stuff's happening in the park. I think it's all connected because the park itself is some kind of entity, but it's terrifying how diverse it can be, the horrors that it can put out.
0: Yeah, and especially with them not documenting this down, it leads really well into the final passage, which Russell expresses their inability to comprehend fully the mysteries associated with their job. Plans to seize updates for the time being due to job jeopardy, but expresses a desire to return in a different format when possible. And it ends with advice for safe wilderness exploration and cryptic warning about the stairs to avoid interacting with them in any manner. And that's the last entry we get. That- the,
1: the last words of it are so good because he, he says like in the last lines, uh, if you go out into the woods, I encourage you to be safe. Bring water, food, survival equipment. Let people know where you're going, when you'll be back. Don't go on uncharted paths unless you know exactly what you're doing and above all don't touch them, don't look at them, don't go up them.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's,
1: it's great. It's fantastic. It, t-
0: it 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 just like it's it's a f- it's a perfect little pinpoint for the end of every kind of horror that we've seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. just it touches on everything without having to say it and it's it's brilliant. And with that, I mean, yeah. you know, that's this is the search and rescue what a story! We did it.
1: We covered it. We covered it. I'm a search and rescue officer. It's a great, great story. Great story. I love. I love so much too. How like, sure, it's not a, it's not a standard like linear narrative, in the sense of all these events happening to the same person in order. It is kind of a narrator's like, oh, this happened to this person. This happened to this person. But they're each so well done. They tie together with like the lore. They interconnect to each other so well. It's it's a classic for a reason, for sure.
0: Yeah, it it perfectly encapsulates someone's start like the starting of like or it encapsulates it encapsulates the 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 job that someone has, right? Like it seems like the perfect yeah. amount of weird scenarios with enough cryptic messaging to see like I can't really talk about it any further, but it's just so fun and I love when people can play with social media in this regard. It's the same reason why I love Ted the Caver so much and like his weird blog post entry for people to read that feels like something that can exist. It's from the perspective of somebody who is trying to be like, this is a real super, you know, like this is a real thing that happened. And I think, uh, the author, which I think we should definitely give a shout out to Carrie Hammonds, uh, yep. Yep. just killed it. It's, it's such an amazing, amazing story, especially I, I see a lot of people in comment sections. Cause you know, Uh, even people have like read this whole thing on YouTube, which if you're, if you're looking for even like a nice morning drive kind of thing, you can listen to people, uh, read it on YouTube and stuff. It's like a two and a half hour long, um, usually two and a half hour long audio, uh, listen, but Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people cite the 20, like 2015, like these kind of times on Reddit for sleep, like for scary stories is like a golden era. Of like really really fun stuff so I'm excited to dive more into like other stuff from the 2015-2016 era because I hear that's like where a lot of this beautiful beautiful work really originated Mm -hmm. from and where a lot of people were especially on r slash no sleep were going ham so
1: yeah yeah no like Carrie did a fantastic job uh, and I've also been in contact with Carrie since we started playing out this episode she is a lovely lovely person to talk to very kind Uh, she is uh, a fan of both of our channels, which is very sweet. Hi, Carrie. Uh, Hi, Carrie. It. Did, fan- did a fantastic job here. We love your stuff. Uh, so I talked to Carrie a bit about like the plans for the series and whatnot. Uh, and what had happened is after the first eight parts came out, the plan was to make it into a book. Like this was basically her her test drive of sorts for the series. Oh, really? Uh, she was. She, yeah. So the idea was this was eventually going to be like a novel of sorts, porting all this together. And then, over the course of making that novel, she was reached out to. um, Now, this isn't coming from Carrie. This is coming from like research I've done around it. Uh, She was reached out to by uh, the TV show Channel Zero because they wanted to adapt it into one of their episodes. Which Channel Zero has a habit of doing that. They did that with Candle Cove, Um, different internet horror stories making it into it. So they were going to use the stairs. They're going to use the whole story of I'm a search and rescue officer for uh, a season called butcher's creek i believe was the name of it or butcher's something like mm-hmm. that pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's butcher's creek anyway uh so they get the rights from her to do that season and then carrie didn't say any of this carrie said that everyone she worked with was very nice she said nothing negative i am saying this as my own opinion from looking at the story of i'm a search and rescue officer and then looking at what uh, no, uh channel zero did with the show. They did not do a good job adapting it in my own opinion Uh, they pretty much just took the element of the stairs in the woods they kind of left the rest of the lore behind but in the process for that she basically had to give them rights to the story for a while so she it seems that she was unable to continue her book for a bit And kind of stepped back from the story. So for a while, for a few years there, the story was kind of in limbo. Mm -hmm. Like we have the test version for it on No Sleep. She started to put a novel together and then the Channel Zero thing slowed that down. But I'm very happy to announce this. After talking to Carrie, she is actively working to continue the story, to add more entries to it, to expand on the lore. And she knows the whole story she wants to tell from start to end. Uh, And Carrie has been so, so gracious enough to allow me to see some of her work-in-progress stuff for what this is going to turn into. Oh, shit. And I have to say, it's really, really cool. Uh, She builds out on a lot of the lore involving the staircases. She builds out on a lot of the lore involving what's secretly happening in the park. It is very awesome. So I encourage everyone, uh, we'll put a link to it in the description. Hell yes. If you go to Reddit at her name, it's user forward slash... Search and Rescue Woods. It is the same name she used to tell this story. So if you just look up the original story itself on Reddit, you'll we'll find it. We'll put it up on the screen she too. Is, yeah, We'll put it up on the screen as well. Uh, she is using that account to post updates regarding the story and whatnot. So the story has been picked back up and she is planning to move forward with it in the future. Oh, awesome, so man. go follow that. there to get announcements. I'm so excited to see where this is going. And I From like what that. I have seen, it's really cool. Y'all are going to like it.
0: I love that. Almost a decade later, and still coming back, it's it, it's gonna. Yeah. I, I can't wait to even read into it myself. It's also just a good warning sign too for Hollywood shit, where it's like, if we have any readers who are writing their own stuff, be wa- very wary of how you give your rights away to
1: yeah. these people yeah.
0: making stuff because they will literally. I mean, like, especially with the Channel Zero thing, they'll use one aspect, remove all of the subtlety and, like, things that made something great just for the aesthetics and just for, like... I mean, essentially the clout of what you're... of what you made. Yeah. So just be, be very weary of that, because they will literally... You, you think... They will prey on anybody, dude. You gotta watch out. So just keep that warning but i will say carrie that's fucking amazing i'm so stoked to, re- to f- see oh I, i'm so
1: excited for where it's going from here
0: and, and all the stuff i said about like
1: channel zero is not that carrie hasn't said any of that to me she's only described good things about it i am just i am inscribing <laughs> the bad yeah, part of yeah because like it's- I, I want to get into writing i want to work with more people in the industry and stuff like that and a lot of the time yeah there are people out there who can be sort of scavengers kind of predatory to authors works and whatnot uh, and I'm not saying that explicitly applies here, but that's what it looks like from the outside looking. It's about ninety percent. Ninety percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's typically how it plays right. it be. But I'm, I'm <laughs> so
1: pumped that the series is continuing. Oh, yeah. um, if you actually go to the, there's now a subreddit for Stairs in the Woods. There is a master document where she has kind of wrote some auxiliary stories to it. So, different stories that take place in the same universe from people outside of Russell's perspective and stuff like that. And it's very cool. She's putting together lore for an entire world here that builds off of this. I think y'all are going to love it. So, yeah, check her out, follow her, and be ready for whenever more of this comes out. Because, like, if you liked where it's been so far, you're definitely going to like where it's going.
0: Exactly. And I think that it's uh, one of those things, too, where if you, if you, I think just as a general rule of thumb, too, because I'm, I'm very curious. I mean, this is our first episode, right? This is the first thing we've ever covered. I think that if you've if you're a big horror person and you haven't dived into actually reading horror works, please start with this one. I mean, like this is like yeah, a great yeah. way. It, it can it condenses itself down into these mi- mi- like micro short stories, and I think it'll make you appreciate the the art form a lot. That is just like short stories. I mean, like re- reading something. Reading something can be such a fun way to get yourself in the mood to like get get fucking spooked. Enjoy the vibes of it. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. it's such a great way for your own imagination to scare yourself. So use this as an opportunity. If you have never read something scary before, use this opportunity to go and read this. It's a great piece of literature. It's a great story. I'm so stoked that we covered. We we chose this. This is a great one. This is also all. This is all of Wendy's doing for having this be our first episode. So very, very stoked. And I'm so, so curious to see how people respond to this first episode. And also what, what, maybe what we're doing next. Who knows? Which I'm not going to say here.
1: I'm excited uh, for the show. I'm so pumped. I think this was a great first episode. I enjoyed it. As always, my man had a great time. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited to see where we go from here. Like, great first story to cover. I can't wait to see what we do in the future. This was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think based off of the comments and stuff, I think that we'll use that as maybe where we'll go with next. But I know we have a bunch of ideas uh, brewing right now. But mm-hmm. until next time, this has been Creepcast Episode 1. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you Let's in go. the next one. Oh,
1: Creepcast! <laughs> Woo! Thank Woo! you all so much for watching. It means the world. Thank you all. Peace. Appreciate
0: it, for real. Peace.